My J-Lo yeah. is apparently afraid of becoming the next Keely Shea Smith. What? What about her? Okay, so <laughs> back in the day, yeah. Keely Shea Smith was this hot lady. I don't know if she was an actress was a model, right? or a model. She might have been a model. Yeah, she but, was a, yeah, Pierce Brosnan's wife. Yes, in the later seasons, they bought, brought her on to Unsolved Mysteries. And she was really? a, yeah, she's a very attractive lady back in the day. Mm -hmm. Then she started pumping out some kids, putting on the pounds. And I think her and Pierce Brosnan are still together, but she has some weight issues. I don't, so, I, my weight, okay, first off. You you just said that. I, I didn't say that you were fat, but you said that you felt that you were putting on some weight. A little bit. I mean, it's not it's not severe. It's not like I gained 20 pounds or anything. I just, um, I just think I need to uh, move a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very, uh, uh, leery about diets because there's so many diets out there and they're, and not every diet is going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people are good with the keto diet. Some people are good with the Atkins diet. Um, some people just need to up their fruits and veggies, um, things like that. But, um, I think I need, I think one of the reasons, um, oh, I, I need to I need to move a little bit more and I and I have a trampoline that I haven't used in a long time. Mm. So I need to do that. But um it's I, I didn't put on a, a massive amount of weight. I just I just feel like I, I put on a little bit. I should bring over my wristbands next weekend. Okay. And I don't know. We could do some yeah, stuff with the trampoline. Some, Maybe we, look at our diet. We could do some resistance training. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with that. Um yeah, and I've also thought about, you remember when we talked about um, Field of Greens, which I, I can mention because a lot of people have been um, advertising it, mm -hmm. and I heard it's really good. Like, it's, um, you mix it in, a, in a, it could be your water bottle or a, a glass of water, and it's supposed to be, like, um, a substitution for a meal that you can't have at the moment because you're busy. Yeah. Like, it, it, subs it, it can be a good substitute for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, but there's like tons of fruits and veggies that is supposed to be our uh, daily um, intake. And we as human beings cannot get that many vegetables. I mean, it's hard to have, it's, it's hard to buy every single vegetable in the world. Exactly. And then there's also the thing of some vegetables last longer than others. Uh-huh. But I like that. I think they're in capsules and they're also in powder form. Nice. That's what I hear. I need to do some research on it, but I heard it's really good. And it gives uh, you a lot of energy and it also can help you lose some pounds um, because of all the, the tons of uh, vitamins and antioxidants and minerals that are in it. I would like to get in a little bit better shape before I go and see the fam in a couple of months. Yeah. But we'll see what happens with that. By the way. Yeah. Have we ever talked about the estate that Pierce Brosnan has? No, I didn't know he had one. Well, he owns a house in Malibu, and then he also has a beach house on the same property. Mm -hmm. He was trying to sell it for, I think, $100 million. I want to say I heard that it's been taken off the market since then, but mm -hmm. they showed his house on the Architectural Digest channel a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's worth $100 million with the two properties, but it seemed very nice. You know, but they could always edit that stuff a little bit. So, 
What do you think the deal is with Pierce Brosnan and, and Keely Shea Smith? Because they've been married for a while. She's had her issues. I, I don't I don't keep up with these people. Okay. I mean, I know that they were together for a long time before they got married. But I don't I didn't know about her weight issues. I I don't really know much about this couple. Yeah, and he had a wife who died of breast cancer oh, really? back in the day. Yeah. Oh. He had to raise the kids by himself for a while. So I wonder what's going on in their life, but Really? Yeah. I don't really seem, I don't really care. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to go back to the diet thing and the, you know, the feel like you need to lose some pounds. Go ahead. I feel like, and I may have talked about this before, so sometimes I feel kind of insecure when I see my family members because the first thing they look at is body weight. Yeah. Skin. Uh, teeth. And it's like, could you please, I, I, wanted, I want to just politely ask them, could you please not focus so much on the physical stuff when you see me? Because it really makes you feel insecure. And I find that a lot of families do that to their girls. Mm. Yeah, I don't feel the same way, but I'm also not a girl. But it, it's just you want to be in better shape. And also, I have some relatives who are not in the best shape right now. So there might have been a tendency to do that more when I was younger, but. Since some other people have fallen off the uh, wagon, looks-wise, I feel a little bit more secure. <laughs> but it's just, you know, you want to get some compliments, and but it's different yeah. from guys, too. But, I mean, for me, I mean, but girls, girls think about that stuff. They think about dress size, shoe size. They think about uh, body type and... You know, they're so, I mean, it, it's sad that, it, that we live in a vain, a very vain culture. Mm -hmm. And whether or not I've lost some weight, whether or not I gained a few pounds, I feel like that's when, uh, some things that my mom will mention to me when she sees me. But then she's, you know, she's a skinny lady. I mean, I know I, I, she's, she's fine with how she looks, but I just feel really insecure when a female relative especially will say things like oh you you uh you gained a little bit and i already know that or oh um uh something about my posture or uh something about my skin it, it really it, it i just wish that um they didn't put as pressure on on women um to to um to make themselves look better. I don't know. Let's explore Does that this. Make that Does it make sense to you? I hear what you're saying. And I can understand the surface level without understanding the greater experience, right? Because yeah. I don't understand. But I, I know enough to know that I don't know everything. And I can get a gleam of it from what I've heard other women in my life say over the years and from seeing some movies. Yeah. So I understand at a surface level. But yeah. we could explore this for a minute. There are a couple ways to handle this, right? So you could look at it like, well, if I get into shape now and go there, then, you know, they're really going to talk about how I'm the shit or whatever, right? Or you could look at it like, but if I get into shape, they're just going to find something else to complain about. And it's this never-ending cycle. It is. So Rick is a little bit cynical. My response, is, now you, you don't have any vision, so it might be a little bit more difficult for you to pull off. But what I would say is, Oh, Auntie, I hear you're dealing with this thing that you haven't really looked at in your own life. Mm -hmm. uh, how's that? Have you ever confronted this issue or are you just distracting by that by talking about me? Mm -hmm. But something tells me you're not going to do that. 
No, I, I, I can't do that with my family. It's just they don't they don't want to talk about their problems. Yeah, I, so I would say, well, enough about me. Let's talk about your issues. <laughs> I don't know if I would be able to pull it off, but yeah, I mean, I just feel like, and I think a lot of I, I've I've heard heard about families um, trying to deal with it by not focusing on the physical aspect of beauty when it comes to their girls but focusing on other things that make them beautiful besides physical stuff because physical stuff is going to come and go. Yeah. We're going to, I mean, I'm not going to look like this. You're not going to live this forever. Um, it's, it's not going to last for too long, but, um, you know, instead of focusing solely on, Oh, you have to change this about yourself. It just makes you even more insecure um, it almost, you know what it makes me feel like? Talk about it. It almost makes me feel like I'm looking in a fashion magazine. Mm. Because remember it, remember that line in um, Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen? Yeah. Where he says, and don't look at magazines. magazines. They just make you feel ugly. Yeah. That's what it makes me feel like. I hear you. If I really think of it. So what do you do about it? I just, I just... I'm not, I haven't figured that out. Because I'm going to say something, this is a hot take, or maybe it's not. I feel that sometimes I say the things that a lot of people think, yeah. but are unwilling to say. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. Yeah, and this might be another time where I kind of feel like if a relative is going to give you guff over something, in your case, it might be looks. In my case, it might be how I react to other relatives or mm -hmm. political stuff or what have you. Mm-hmm. It's because they want to. So, so meaning like if you change the thing about yourself that is really upsetting to them and you get better look, better looking or whatever. Uh, by the way, I think you're attractive, but I'm also a blind guy. Oh, but you know, hey, don't it, use that as an excuse. Thank you. But if you, if you fix what they think is wrong with your looks, then they're just going to harp on something else. Right. It, it, and it, it, yeah. And if you try to point out their flaws, they're going to have some flimsy excuse about why that's not as a big of a deal as your flaws. Mm -hmm. So you have a couple of choices. You could turn everything into a confrontation. Mm -hmm. You could make passive, aggressive, snide little comments here and there, mm -hmm. which, or you could just not be around your family. I would lean in the direction. This is Rick. You'll probably already know. Uh, if you're going to be around your family and you know that you're going to get some hate, I would lean in the direction of making snide little comments. But again, that's why I spend very little time around. But I family. would have to do it. I mean. And I don't have the same issues with my mom's side of the family as I do with my dad's. Yeah. Well, I could, but it's like, you know, I, I don't know if I would be able to pull it off. Um, you know, our, our family's. They react differently, right? Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes your your mom's side of the family might be okay. Your dad's side of the family is more serious about that stuff. Yeah, and um, we we have different things than my mom's I, side of the family too. I'm not yeah. very close to my dad's side of the family because they're on the other side of the country. Yeah. But my mom's side of the family, I'm 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 close to, and um, I don't see them as often as I'd like. But it just, you know, what do you? Uh, and then I end up talking to my sister about it because she understands it, you know? Yeah. 
And sometimes it's helped to just talk to my sister about it and say, this is what so-and-so did, and I'm really upset. And sometimes she'll just, you know, she'll just think the whole thing is funny and we'll just laugh about it. Yeah. But it, but, but she understands it because she's had the same kind of ridicule um, from them. Mm. So she knows about this. But I think... I kind of feel in some ways I've had it a little bit, maybe well, maybe not a little bit more, just uh, differently. It's possible. Yeah. So then there's the other thing you could do, mm -hmm. which is just acceptance. And <laughs> that's probably the hardest thing, right? It's the saying, yeah. okay, they're just going to rag on me for whatever reason. This is just how it's manifesting itself now. I might as well just accept it. I just kind of wonder if, some of us need to go see counselors privately on how to deal with it because, um, and it goes even deeper than that, right? It goes go even deeper than looks and weight and uh, presentability. Um, it goes deeper uh, than that when it comes to control issues. Like I do feel like some people in my family are very controlling mm -hmm. and they've always been controlling and they've never been, it's hard to confront these people because they just don't want to listen. Right. And I, um, you know, maybe, maybe some of us need to see like a, a therapist or even a, or just a counselor and say, Hey, this is what's going on. I don't know how to deal with it. What are some healthy ways to deal with it? Um, or something like that. I don't know. And you kind of know what my take would be, which is. I just wouldn't talk to these people if I felt like they were just, uh, you know, constantly hating on me for no reason. But then, but then I think, well, I mean, they mean well, but the way that they say it, and I've even told my mom recently mm -hmm. because she said something at the wrong time to me and I got a little bit irritated and oh. she's like, well, don't get defensive. And she's like, I know, I know I'm defensive too. And I said, no, mom, it's not what you say. It's how you say it and when you say it. Thank you. That's what I was trying to tell her because I said, you know, there are times where you say things and you may not have meant to be mean about it or to make me irritated, but it's the way you said it and it's how you said it and it, it, it's how you said it and when you said it. How did she respond to that? I'm hoping, I mean, she wasn't upset, but I'm hoping that that made her think because I, I, I told her like it's it's all about the timing sometimes mm -hmm. you can't just say things and expect me to react the way that I should react when it wasn't the time or the place and it was just your tone of how you said it yeah and um, hopefully that made her think about it but she wasn't upset this uh, um this is not to rag on your mom this is more about people in general yeah right I go, as I get older, my view becomes a little bit nuanced. Mm -hmm. But when I was younger, my thought was, oh, people are intentionally trying to be assholes about this and picking the worst time to tell you something and trying to do it in the most dramatic way. And there's part of me that still believes that. But again, we've had this discussion many times and we're going to have it many more just because it was a big revelation for me when I started to accept this this summer. And it is something that I'm still coming to terms about. And you probably already know where I'm going. But the thing about, I, I realized over the, sometime over the summer that not everybody lives in the same reality. Uh -huh. And 
it's going to be a theme in my life going forward because it's such, it was such a huge thing to come to terms with. Mm -hmm. And I think probably the death of my dad is when around the time that it hit, but it's kind of hard to tell. Um, and then the question becomes, do they think, are they intentionally trying to be as dramatic as possible when they tell you whatever the thing is, or are they just, trying to be helpful in their mind are they being helpful or are they being like a drama I, queen i think generally speaking they are mm. i don't believe that there's any ma malicious intent from my mom or my aunts or whoever it is yeah. right i don't think there's that any malicious intent but the way they're going about it it's it's harsher than it should be nice and it's the most inopportune time that it should be yeah and they're just not thinking about, hey, should I tell her this now or should I wait and tell her this later when she's, you know, not feeling this way? Um, so I don't, I don't, I never believe that any of my relatives were meaning to be that way, but just the way that they handled it was not the right way that I would. So the next question becomes, when is it? appropriate for you to call them out on this because if you do it though every time it happens they're going to start to zone you out or they're going to get upset but if you never do it then it just won't be addressed well i'll give you an example and i may have said this before oh. so just um uh correct me if i said it in this podcast okay but i remember i would get really annoyed when my relatives would introduce me to their friends okay and they would say this is our daughter, our niece, our sister, and she's really independent even though she's blind. You know I'm going with yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one day, this happened again, and I got very upset, but I didn't say anything. I just quietly walked away. Yeah. And my mom's like, my mom came up to me, I, I might be, it might have been a little while, and she said, do you not like it when we talk about you like that? I said, no, I don't, because it makes me feel like I'm on display. So maybe that made her think. I didn't say anything. I didn't get mad. I just walked away very quietly and just been, I just did it politely. And then she came to me and asked me straight up, how did I feel about that? Do you like it when we, do you not like it when we talk about you mm. like that? No, I don't. But she never knew that until I, re I, until I reacted the way I did. Mm. Yeah. See, I think there's, an interesting difference in between the two of us. Mm -hmm. And that is I'm really good at noticing stuff like that. I think I'm better than you are, but I think you're better at reacting to stuff like that. You know, if that makes any sense. What do you mean by that? So like I can notice, and it's not like a visual thing. It's just, I have this ability to, let me rephrase this. I believe I have the ability to notice when somebody's being condescending mm -hmm. or being a jerk or whatever. Not to say that you don't, but I think mine is a little bit more fine-tuned based on my background and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm more likely to do something that would be perceived as being a jerk in that situation. Yeah. Whereas it may take you a little bit longer to notice something like that, but once you do you you won't overreact and i probably will i i try not to um i try to th i mean i think as i've gotten older i try to think before i act on things i yeah. try to think before i say things cuz i know if i don't it's going to be um it's going to be bad mm -hmm. um so 
that's what I like about myself and that I, I think, I try to think about the consequences afterwards. And I say, well, you know, I could make a snide comment, but what is it really doing? It's not really helping anybody. Yeah. It's just making me more upset. Maybe it's fun at the time, but it could really, really hurt somebody. So maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh. Um, and like, and just like what happened, I just walked away and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I think, you know, I don't need to be around for this. If they want to talk to me about it, then I'll talk about it. But they can talk about me amongst their friends and yeah. say how wonderful I am. And I'm just not going to hear it because, yeah. because it really, it, I mean, it does sound condescending, doesn't it? It does. And, and even my uncle has been guilty about it. And uh, through no fault of his own, okay, I'm not saying that he did it intentionally, but he was so proud of me. And I think they're doing this out of sure, sheer proudness. Yeah, they're not trying me. to be condescending. They're not trying to be condescending. Just like I said, like they don't have malicious intent. I don't believe that they're doing that maliciously to hurt me. And and they're not, you know, they're, it's not like I'm in an, in an abusive um an abusive situation, but you are, but you're the one doing the abusing. What? No, nothing. What? <laughs> no, that was a joke. No, so so I just walked. I just politely walked away, and I, you know, I just was like, okay, I'm I'm done listening. I'm gonna go. Okay, so I'm assuming your mom learned the lesson because she asked you about it. I hope she did. Oh, so you haven't been in a situation like that since? Not then. for a while. I don't even remember the last time that happened. It's been a while. Mm. But I just, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask, did, did your other relatives learn the lesson? I don't know. Oh. I mean, it's like I said, I don't remember the last time it happened. Yeah. But I just, you know, I, I, I'm I just tired of that happening over and over again. And um, I just had to walk and go. I think I went to another room or something. I, I did something. I, I don't know where I went, but I knew I walked away and my mom figured out you know, oh, do you not like that? Yeah. And, you know, I had to do that because it's like, you know, they have to, they, they have to learn from this and that's a good way to handle it because I don't have to co confront anybody and I don't feel embarrassed. I just Well, and it know. is where the disability experience is, you know what it's like to be a minority, mm -hmm. but a minority within your own family. Absolutely. Which is kind of like a weird thing, right? It is a weird thing. Yeah. I'm a minority when it comes to the culture. Yeah. But I am also a minority in the family because I'm the only blind one. It's not like I have other blind relatives. So it, it's not to discount the experience of somebody who may be black or, yeah. or of Indian descent, right? Right. Uh, because they get it way worse than we do in a lot of different ways. But I would say the difference is is unless you're adopted into like let's say a white family yeah when you go home you can openly talk about it with your relatives mm -hmm. and when we go home we can't we can try to but they're not going to get it mm -hmm. or the, i should say it's unlikely that they'll really get the disability experience well and it could be vice versa where um um like a white person could be adopted into a black family, whichever one, you know. Yeah, but you know what I mean, though. Yeah. It's But it, also, if you're a white person, you're not going to face the same types of adversities outside the home, too, right? So we face, and now it's, it's way different. I don't want to say that being white or being disabled, you have the same types of uh, 
adversity as somebody who's black or or Indian as far as the way society looks at you. But there are things that society tries to keep you out of. And but if you come from, let's say you're of East Indian descent mm-hmm. and you come from an East Indian family, mm-hmm. you might experience racism outside of the home. But when you get home, if the rest of your family is East Indian, you can converse about it with your family. Yeah. We face different types of dis- discrimination. And nine times out of 10, when we come home, we can't really converse with our family about it. We can try to, but they're probably not going to get it. Yeah, because they're not living it. Yeah. I and don't know if that makes sense. No, no, I get it because um, I get it because I don't, I don't get as much questions about my ethnicity as I get questions about my blindness. Right. They, 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 they ask me about my ethnicity and then all of a sudden it's like, let's get to the real question. Yeah. How did you become blind? And then it's, <laughs> and, and I don't mind answering, answering those questions, but it's the ones that are really like, Oh, well you've come a long way. Yeah. By the way, uh-huh. I have a friend who I'm totally stealing his answer to the question of how did you become blind? Mm-hmm. You know this, right? Uh, did uh, he make a joke about oh, it? Oh, yes. But okay, okay. So back when I was doing the blind cafe, and we're not going to go down that road. Really. Yeah. We have. Yeah. Times. One of the few people who I still get along with from that organization came there later. Yeah. You know, we're doing at the Blind Cafe, we used to do these Q&As and we talk about blindness and we give a little bit of our backstory. Yeah. So my friend starts off with, guys, I just want to tell you ahead of time, I am not a hero. Please don't look at me like that. I just did what everybody else would do in my situation. Yeah. This is how I became blind. Uh I was walking down the street one day. I see a fire. I hear a little girl screaming. So I run up to the roof grab her and jump off and that's how i lost my vision <laughs> he pauses for a dramatic effect and he said wouldn't that be something if that was true <laughs> i actually don't think you told me this story but it's hilarious yes. <laughs> uh, and as soon as i heard that i'm like that's great and i'm totally stealing that it. is hilarious yes. that is real i mean you could totally make up an entirely different story mm-hmm. and then they're like oh wow you did that and then they're like wouldn't that be great if that would we're actually true. So I've really only met your mom from your side of the family. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to meet your family this year. And we already know why. We've covered that. Mm-hmm. But in the future, let's say I go back with you and or they come up here and I meet them. Yeah. And they say, well, how did you become blind? What do you think their reaction would be if I told that story? Well, first off, my mom would be the only one who knew it. Yeah, but she might not necessarily be here when the rest of your relatives are. <laughs> I think that would be funny. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I think they would be laughing. Oh, good. Until, you know, when she when she paused and yeah. you're like, wouldn't that be wonderful if that was true? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, wouldn't that be even funnier, though? Because I've told stories to my family. I've kind of, you know, fudged the truth. Yeah. And I didn't tell them for like two years. Wouldn't that be funny if they believed it for two years or four years? Yeah, I mean, I no, think I it's, wouldn't do that though. It's one thing to tell that story; it's another thing not to break the ice after you had the dramatic pause. No, by the way, <laughs> by the way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to them for two years. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not at all advocating for that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yes. Did I meet this person, by the way? You met this person. This is the... I'm surprised you didn't pick up on who it was. I had a feeling I knew who it was. Okay, this is the guy who we had a dinner for him when he came out and visited, and he asked you if you had any single sisters. <laughs> and my friend is all like, Alana, uh, 
do you know how crazy you were driving this man? <laughs> yeah, he told me, he, he, he told me, and I'm, I know I'm, uh, I'm, I think he said he was very, very frustrated. <laughs> yes, I was. I know. That was the truth. I know. But um, he seems like a... Um, a I mean, very... first I jump out of the building and now this. No, no, no. He seems like a very nice person and quite funny. I might add. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I tend. Okay. Uh, for the record, I tend not to, uh, set my relatives up with anybody. Yeah. And I will not set any relatives up with anybody that you know. That okay. would just be weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit weird. Yeah. I was thinking about setting your mom up with somebody who I know. But I want to put the kibosh on that. I said, nope, bad idea. Don't even try it. Did you even tell your mom, hey, Rick was a nose-sided guy who is thinking about setting you up with? <sighs> Give me a hint on the guy. Um, a hint. This guy is conservative, like your mother. Like your mother. But. But he's not from. The, yeah. Oh, he actually is from the south. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I don't even know who that is. Actually. Yeah, he doesn't have a southern accent though. Uh, I'm I'm gonna guess. Don't guess here. Or don't no, I'm not say gonna names. guess the name. Is he into acting? He's into acting. Yes. You're gonna. You would want to set her up. You would want to set her up with him. Well, my thought, babes, <laughs> is it's not that they would get married or anything, but it would be like a nice fling for your mom, right? <laughs> what? What? Don't even what? think about that. Well, your mom, your mom's not married. I know, but he is. Yeah, so. Ah, no, that's not your mom's problem. But, but what? But what? Stop Why did it. I get tickled for wanting to do a good? Hey, hey, you deserve that. No, one. I didn't, because I wanted to do something good. That's not good. Why? Because you would be setting her up with a womanizer. Well, wait a second. Yeah. I would make it explicit that this is just for. Uh, it's not. But, ah, what? She's not the kind of a woman. Thank <laughs> you, stop it. <laughs> I don't know why we can't talk. Let me just say this. Alana is of the belief, and I'm going to make it PG. Thank you. That her mother has not had relations with a man since your mom and dad broke up, which was like over 25, almost 30 years ago. Uh, Around that, around that time, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's true. It may be true. I don't know. And my thought was, my thought, hold on, my dear, was maybe your mom would just like to have fun for like a weekend with But somebody. she's not that kind of a woman. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. What? Wait a second. What happened during TGIF when you were a kid? Bubs. Yeah. This was before that TGIF lineup. This was like before 1987. Okay, well, I don't know what. Bubs, come what? on. I'm just saying, babes, you used to go over to your you know, house. You know, Bubs, that's really not good to get personal with whatever my mom and dad was doing behind the scenes here, you know? Uh oh. Bubs, I'm just, what? Stop it. I love you. You're being bad boy. No, I'm being misunderstood by. I, mm. I, to me, that was I was trying to do something nice for your mom. Mm. And in fairness, your mom didn't say no. But I was not allowed to bring the idea, and I wouldn't phrase it like that. What I would here's what I would do. I would say I almost said your mom's name. I'm not going to do that. No, I would don't. say Miss J Lo, X J Lo. <laughs> I know a guy who I think you would get along with. Not the most religious person, but he's very conservative. He's a funny guy, 
and uh, he's into the arts, all that type of stuff. He's around your age. Would you mind if uh, I invited him Actually, out? Actually, he's not around her age. She's older. Oh, yeah. Your mom actually does seem sort of younger. She's more vibrant. For she some is. She, she's definitely not. She, I, I don't I don't see my mom as an old lady, honestly. Yeah, yeah. She's, she is more vibrant for an older lady. She's a very vibrant lady. And I no, she's older than him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I forgot that. But, you know, I, I phrase it a certain way. Well, I need. No, I, I don't think she would like him, honestly. Okay. He drinks way too much. Okay. Um, well, well, I mean, okay, maybe I don't know how much he drinks, but he had a lot of alcohol when we went to see him the last time. Um, and he, he is, he, we can, we can say for certain that this man is a womanizer and my mom wouldn't like that. Oh. She had to deal with that before. Oh. So I, I don't think it's a good idea. Okay. Well, we're not doing it, but I'm saying my intentions. And right. by the way, by the way, we have a mutual friend who is, has the same kind of politics and I know she wouldn't like him either. We do? Yes. You mean me, you, me and you, or you and her do? Me and you. Okay. She wouldn't like him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. I know who you're Yeah, yeah, about. you know what I mean. I, I wouldn't mean, set her up with that guy, though. No, but she, you shouldn't set her up with, with him either because they just, I don't think they would be good together, honestly, but I, I don't, as friends. I don't know. Again, babes, my intention was that your mom could have an enjoyable weekend. She wouldn't. Okay. She's not that kind of a woman, lady, above. Uh, 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 okay. I know her. I know her. I've known her for a. I mean, since I was very young, Bubs. Yeah, I know, She's but this mom. was an idea, babes. I'm not saying it was the best idea, but it, it, I was trying to help. Uh, I was trying to be helping, boy. I appreciate it, but you're not helping, boy. <laughs> oh my goodness, can we get some? <laughs> you. But I was misunderstood, boy. Yeah. And we both know that. Yeah. And and she's too busy for that anyway. She's doing other stuff. Yeah. She, she's got too much going on in her life. I don't think she needs added stress. Oh, well, again. Bubs. Don't all right. We can drop it. it. We can drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Like that annoying song. Oh, my goodness. And my friend who knows Snoop Dogg, apparently. <laughs> we gotta tell. Can, do we tell that story? No. We'll make it super fast. That's hilarious. And I'm going to... Worded in a different way, so maybe people don't know who it is. <laughs> I was hanging out with a buddy of mine, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And he says, oh, you know, I, I talked to some rapper uh, the other week who called me. I can't remember who it was. He's a really no well-known guy, though. And I'm like, okay, we're going along with the conversation. I said, well, just let's talk about something else, and then we'll get back to him. And he's like, oh, I remember who it was. It was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> now, first of all. If I talked to Snoop Dogg on the phone, I probably would never talk about anything else besides the fact that I talked to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, if, if put it to you this way. If I talked to Snoop Dogg, mm -hmm. do you believe it would be like the first thing I brought up the next time I talked to you? Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. it would. You wouldn't get you didn't want to go to get over it for a long time. You right. would be, we gotta talk about this. Yeah. What do you think about this? Though you would tell me absolutely the first thing, like if 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 it wasn't when you saw me, it would be on the phone. Exactly, and I tell you what was going through my mind. Exactly. Afterwards, how I felt, I handled the conversation, all that stuff. You would be analyzing it like until death. the until the day was over, or whatever. Yes, I'd be on my deathbed thinking, <laughs> I hope Snoop enjoyed talking to me. <laughs> well, okay, so this is like a week after he talked to Snoop, and he's telling the story about how 
when he was on Clubhouse, he was in a room with Snoop. And Snoop was on Clubhouse a little bit. Mm-hmm. I saw him too. I didn't mm-hmm. talk to him though. Yeah, but he had his own room? Yes. Okay. And supposedly my buddy talked to him and they met each other in the 90s and then they started. He he sent Snoop an email and Snoop like got back to him two years later by calling yeah, him. Yeah, I, I still can't believe my brother-in-law met him. Yeah, everybody, I've known like six people who've met Snoop. Wow. And every single one of them, without exception, had said that he was a really nice guy in real life. Nice. Yeah, which makes me feel good. Yeah, it's it's nice to know that um, the celebrities who um, you thought would be cool were actually really cool. And yeah. it sounds like he is. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 But um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I believe this one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You kind of think like, okay, they were on the phone for like, what, an hour? He said an hour. Okay. A big celebrity that talked to some guy that he doesn't even know on uh, on a platform. Yeah. A chat line, whatever you want to call it. Somehow uh, decides to look him up and call him. Okay. So my friend said that after they reunited on clubhouse uh-huh. he sent snoop an email with his contact info right and he has his personal email <laughs> yeah you have to be like you have to know the who's who of of all that to get yeah. an email of, uh, to to get their email address yeah i've m- talked to a few celebrities and met a couple as i think most people have yeah i don't think i have any emails of celebrities in my contact especially <laughs> not at the level of mr dog i think his last name is Bro- uh, brodus yeah calvin brodus <laughs> i just thought that would be funny mr dog <laughs> mr d-o-double-g d-o-double-g and it's like mr dear mr dog mr dog well i mean even with you know like for example um Teachers and instructors and other other people from companies, they have a work email and phone and a personal email and phone. Yeah. And the clients or students that are working with them would only get their personal, not personal, I'm sorry, will get their work email and phone because they don't give out personal information. And I would imagine that celebrities don't give out personal information unless they actually know the person. Yeah. Yeah. It would be very hard to believe that this man, I almost said his name. That this man got personal information from Snoop Dogg. Yeah, but we'll see what happens because according to him, the next time Snoop comes to town, we're going to be able to go and see him. (laughs) Uh, If that happens, I will come back here and admit that I was wrong. (laughs) I think you are not wrong for being a little bit skeptical. (laughs) And I don't think that I'm wrong for being skeptical. Nice. So there Thank you, Leah. Little Jay. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah. Let's let's talk about uh, another celebrity mm-hmm. who maybe passed away. He is. He's dead now. Well, okay, he's an let... ancestor. What? He's an ancestor. An ancestor. Yeah, he's no longer with us. He was part of the human tribe. Okay. And now he's passed away. Well, let, let's give this let's let's give this a little context. I wake up this morning and I decide to check hey, have my... have you ever woken up before? Yeah, have you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. So I wake up this morning and I decide to check... To te- I can't talk to... To check my text messages mm-hmm. because someone texted me last night. 
So I checked it and my auntie said, oh, Matthew Perry died at 54. So sad. And I'm like, oh, really? And I would still sleep. I was in shock. I'm like, okay, I know he had some issues, but I did not know that he died. And I'm, and I'm guessing he died last night. Yeah, so I wake up about an hour later, and coincidentally, we literally just spoke about him either yesterday afternoon or yesterday morning. Yes. I think it was yesterday morning. Yes, yes. So it's like odd timing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you told me Matthew Perry died. I Google it and find out that there was a thing that said that he died in his L.A. house in a hot tub. So sad. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure they're going to come out with more details as a days and weeks go on but it's sad to hear and and I know I mean I am a big fan of friends and I enjoyed him as Chandler Bing and I heard that he had a really bad <clears throat> alcohol addiction for the first during like the first three seasons of friends and he couldn't tell you what his favorite episode was that he worked on for those three seasons uh, he's out of it I heard I'm so I'm not a big fan of friends I also couldn't tell you what that my favorite episode is. You haven't watched enough of it. If I had to say anyone, it's probably the last one because there's nothing after that. Give me a kiss. Oh. Give me a kiss. No. You say so weak. So weak. Give me a kiss. <laughs> well, you're just full of them today, aren't you? <laughs> no, <can't> you. <laughs> no, but I had heard that he had a pill issue. I didn't know about the alcohol stuff. I know that oh, he no. wrote a book about addiction maybe a year ago. Yeah. And it actually sounded interesting. Now, even though I wasn't a fan of the show, he seemed like he was an interesting person off that, mm -hmm. right? So you could not be a fan of his work and still think, oh, I wonder what this guy was like. I bet he was interesting to talk to. Yeah. Um, I uh, I thought that his comedy timing... Well, well, I, I made a comment this morning. I said, I think that the cast of Friends really did work together very well mm. not just the recurring characters but uh the main characters working together as a whole from jennifer aniston to matthew perry right i mean they really really did work together very well mm. and that's why it was so popular yeah and that's got to be weird for them now i know in the press they make it seem like they all still hang out every single day well that might be true they're like best buddies still and you know that that may be true. I mean, you you can't really dismiss it if you don't know. Well, I think the press likes to exaggerate stories like that. Having said that, even if they didn't really talk that much, I mean, they still went through something that is a very very unique experience together. I've seen them on interviews together, um, all six of them together, when they were talking about the last um, episode of you know, filming the last episode of Friends or talking about what food was on the set, uh, talking about um, what happened in this scene and they sh they show clips of the, the comedy timing. It sounded to me like they were really having a good time working together. Now you're just going to see all five of them together. All five of them, missing one. Yes. Yes. He was on a remake of The Odd Couple like 10 years ago. Of uh, the movie? No, the TV series. Really? Yeah. Huh. It was 10 years ago. It was, maybe it was less than that, but you know. I never, I didn't know that there was a remake of The Odd Couple. 
Yeah, I don't see why you would remake a classic like that. Unless yeah, you really another show we should watch is The Odd Couple. Oh, I'm, I'm totally down for that. I love because The Odd Couple. I never watched it, and you said it was really good. Yeah, it takes a couple episodes before they find their groove. But yeah, I it, it signed me up for that, babes. And you, you also said that The Honeymooners are good, too. But Honeymooners yeah. is great. I've never seen it. I have only remember hearing about uh, To the Moon, Alice. Whichever one you want to watch first, we can. I have both series, of course. <laughs> Oh, see, Bubs, you're speaking my language. You you like to geek out on series. I do. I've never said I, that. Though. No, no, I know. But you, you always get on me like, you know, there are new shows to watch. But Well, but here's the thing. With you, it's like Friends, Webster, and, you know, Step by Step, and that's it. No, it's more than that, Bubs. I mean, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Now. But, like, no, that's what started with the Well, I mean, I would, I would watch Laverne and Shirley on Happy Days, too. Okay. No, I, I have like a I like I like a plethora of old shows. But you don't watch any new shows. It depends on what it is. Because some of them are just like I don't understand the plot or it's just garbage or or what have you. So I don't know. There's some great newer shows on. Yeah, it, it all depends. It all depends. I'm very um uh I'm very picky now, I guess. <laughs> We've talked about The Good Place, but have you ever seen it? No, but it sounds like an interesting plot. Yeah. It almost sounds like um, there was this one show that I saw a little bit, and it was called Pushing Daisies, and it was only on for um, like maybe a couple of seasons. I've heard of it. I have not watched it. I heard it was good. Um, I saw a little bit about it, but I have I saw a little bit of it, but I didn't watch the whole thing mm-hmm. um, on TV. But um, but you said you, you like The Good Place. I like The Good Place. Uh, I mean, I like older shows. I just don't get stuck in watching those older shows. And you're not going to like this, but I feel that a lot of the times when you watch older shows, you watch sort of the shows that are mid-tier quality. And I like to watch shows that are a little bit higher quality as far as script writing goes. Now, there are some exceptions to that, right? So, like, we're both into Mary Tyler Moore. We both liked Roseanne. And I know Roseanne gets some crap, but... I, I do dig the show, Roseanne. Yeah, there's a lot of funny things. I'm not going to rewatch it only because I saw it so much as a kid, but I get why people would enjoy the show. And I, I did enjoy it as a kid. Um, but I feel you watch a lot of stuff that is just like, doesn't require a lot of thinking. Well, you don't have to watch what I want to watch. I know, but you were saying, well, but, you rag on me, but you're in old shows. But the older shows I am, I'm into are a little bit more higher quality. So? And I also like newer stuff too. Oh, what's up? What? Wagging on my shoes. No. Bro, you're making fun of my stories, bro. Hey, look, look, look. Stories? <laughs> That's what my grandpa used to call it. No, when I hear stories, that, re- that <laughs> reminds me of um, when older ladies are watching soap operas. My my uh, my, my my grandma didn't call it her stories. My either. grandpa did call it his stories. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma called them um, her shows, but not her stories. Yes. That's really funny. Yes. <laughs> and my grandpa was pretty with it. I mean, up until <laughs> listen, the dude died from dementia. But until the up until the last couple of years with his life, he was really with it. But he did call TV his stories. Old people are funny like that. I know they they, are. they they talk funny that way. Yeah. Like some some older women, they'll say something like, "Oh, I have to put my face on." Yeah. When they're talking about putting makeup on, mm-hmm. like, "Well, you already have a face." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I don't even want to rag on my shows, but I'm not going to force you to watch them. 
No, no, no. And I'm not going to force you to watch my shows either. But you decide. I could go with... We're, I mean, I, I'm assuming we're going to watch Rhoda next. Yes. But after that, I could go with either mm. The Odd Couple or The Honeymooners. I think they are both great television programs. And and and, uh, and maybe a little bit of Columbo. I mean, I know Columbo yeah. is a long series, but um, I wouldn't mind watching like a few episodes here and there. Yeah. I'm- it's not as long as you think, because even okay. though it was over a 30 year period, they were, it wasn't really a TV show as much as it was a series of TV movies. Right. Yeah. Very good. Another show I want to watch at some point is I'll Fly Away. Oh, yes. I, I'm i with you on that one. I didn't see a lot of it, but what I did see, I really, really liked. And I've heard great things about it. Maybe we do like one drama and one comedy show. Okay. You know. Yeah, I, I, I am interested. I mean, I've heard great things about I'll Fly Away. Anyone who's watched it, yep. I've never heard bad things about it. Um, it's it's a whole, It's a more wholesome show, but you get a really good storyline out of it. Yeah, and I have the series, so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, that's about the family who has a, um, a maid named Lily, right? I don't really know. I haven't, I've seen parts of like one episode, like literally 30 years ago, yeah. but my sister and mom were really into it. And I've known other people over the years who said it was a great series. Oh yeah. I, I've, I've seen maybe a couple, there was a, um, um, our neighbor, um, our neighbor's uh, kids used to watch that show a lot nice. uh, when we were growing up, and it's a great show. Okay. That was like in the early 90s, right? Yes. Okay. I do I, I do remember a little bit of it. I remember seeing an episode in um, one of my eighth grade classes mm. for, um, it was my English class, actually. Nice. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of watching Taxi also. Yeah. Um, I don't like it as much as the Mary Tyler Moore show, but there's some really good episodes of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like the music, though. The music is, I think, probably the best in any TV series. Great music. Yeah. And then it was a lot of the same creative people who worked on Taxi went on to create Cheers. And you already know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. You've never watched um, That Girl with uh, Marlo Thomas, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Okay. I heard that was good. Um, It's kind of like sort of on the concept of the single woman having a career. Yeah. It was a little bit before the Mary Tyler Moore show, too. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and I I do like that she's a lib, um, in real life, Mar- Marla Thomas. Yeah, her and her husband Phil Donahue. Yep. Lib lib lib. Yep, that's good. Lib lib. We like lib. that here. Bill bill bill. The other show that I've heard great things about is Get Smart, the original. Yeah, I heard that too. I just never watched it. Yeah, Mel Brooks was a writer on that show before he did the producers and. Young Frankenstein and all those who, know, films. Who played Maxwell Smart? Do you remember? I think it was Don Adams. Don Adams. Okay. Yeah. Is he the same guy that, I don't know, he sounds like the guy that did the voice for Inspector Gadget. He might be because he did a lot of cartoon voices back in the day. Go, go Gadget Legs. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, surprise me if that was That's him. a great cartoon. That is a great cartoon. Yeah. Yes. I just thought of a line from an Eminem song about... <laughs> About Inspector Gadget. Uh-oh. What's that song? Uh, the World Keeps Turning Off of His First Album. I don't remember. But... I don't know why this world keeps turning round and round. But I wish it would stop and let me off right now. I'm not going to say the Don Adams or the uh, Inspector uh, yeah. Gadget line because I think you might think it was a little bit too over the top. Uh, yeah. But it's a great song. So, so 
when Inspector Gadget would say "Go, go, Gadget legs" or whatever yeah. it is, would they just come out of his um his body? Like, is he was he like a bionic? He wasn't bionic, but thing. he had access to all this technology. Yeah. So I'm assuming like his shoes would do something. I forget because it's been so long since I've seen the cartoon. But I remember enjoying it as a kid. You go into space. Yeah, he traveled back in time to Rome. Yeah, his his um his niece. niece Penny was super smart and had a smart dog brain. Brain. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to Penny's parents? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I I don't think we find that out. I think they made an Inspector Gadget uh, Inspector Gadget movie. Yeah, with um, uh, Jolie Fisher and Matthew Broderick. I want to say. Okay. I never saw it. Yeah. Um. I and I like both of those actors. Uh-huh. It's just for some reason it didn't seem that appealing to me. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah, Julie Fisher, daughter of um Eddie Fisher. That's right. Yep. And she was on the show Ellen when it was good. Although she was, yeah. Yep. I think it was the beginning. Um, I think it was a beginning um, part of her show. I think it used to be called These Friends of Mine. Yeah, but she stayed with it even after the name. And changed. then now it changed to, and then it changed to the Ellen Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah. Ellen or whatever it is. Ellen. But then, and then, it, and then, and then, before it was over, it was so gay centric. It was like, okay, stop it already. Yeah, like I am one hundred percent for gay rights and all that stuff. But I think it would be more effective to have a character that she just happens to be gay, right? Instead of every... It wasn't even mentioned. Well, it it could be mentioned, but... It could be mentioned, but it wasn't like... It's not every joke is about being gay. And that's what Ellen turned into. And after, you know, after a while, her her co-star, I think her name was Clea Lewis, who played the the co-worker or something. And she's like, so so what does a gay person do? And I'm like, really... Even as a younger, you know, teenager, when that was on, I'm like, are you serious? This is really annoying. Yeah, I'm assuming now, babes, they've got to have some shows where they have a gay character who it's just like, okay, they're gay and they're into other stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I've always heard about David Hyde Pierce? Yeah. I've heard that he's gay, which probably isn't too much of a surprise. No, I knew that. But I've also heard that, like, in real life, he's not this, like, kind of, you know how... Um, Niles is really snooty and yeah. uptight and doesn't know anything. Yes. I've heard that David Hyde Pierce is like this really like macho dude in real life. Really? Yeah. I know who knows how much of that is like internet rumors, but I think it would be cool to, and there are probably like 20 of these out there, but I think it would be cool to see a sitcom where there's like a macho gay dude who's yeah. just like, okay, he's gay, but that's just like one part of his personality. I kind of feel. And I've had this conversation with my uh, former friend who was gay. Oh. And he said things like, you know, I noticed that in my community, they always seem to put their sexuality at the forefront of their life. Like it's all they ever think about. Kind of like the, um, uh, kind of like the polyamorous people. Right. Um, but he was saying like, I, you know, I want to do other stuff than just concentrate on, on that. Yeah. Like activism and stuff. Like I want to do other things besides that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's complicated. I mean, I've known gay people who it's like, that's just one part of their personality. And there's other things. Yeah. That they're interested in. But then there are so many different counter arguments and I'm really not one to talk because I'm not from that community, but it would be cool to see like a TV show about like 
uh, I don't know, like if Columbo was gay, but it's, you know, but not every scene is just like, have you seen my husband? It's just like, he's also solving crimes and he's not solving crimes because he's gay. He's a really good detective who happens to be gay. But I kind of find, and that's why I don't like those kinds of storylines. I kind of find that, um, a director who puts a character like that, um, in a show always seems to focus on that part of the character's life and it's nothing nothing more than that. Yeah, you know when I think it was handled really well and you might disagree with me? Yeah. Omar on the wire. Like Omar is this like gay dude who runs his neighborhood and he looks out for his community, but you don't want to cross Omar because Omar don't scare. And he kills. Yeah. I think Omar was like, and I, I hope some gay people don't take issue with this because he was a criminal, but he was like, he broke his own rules. What do you think about that? I don't know. He's a, he's a weird kind of a guy, right? Yeah. He's like, he's not into like the, um, he, he he's not into like the vulgarness of language, but then he's into the vulgarness of killing. Yeah. And killing you know, acting with the police to, to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I just thought it was interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm really not as into the series as you are, but I, you know, I gave it a little, a try. You gave it a shot. I, I love it. And to me, it's more like a novel put to film. It's, uh, oh, but you already know how I feel. Yeah. Uh, me and my sister get into these debates What's the best TV series? And a couple of shows come up. Breaking Bad is one of them. Um, But if it's not the number one show on our list, it's near the top of both both of our lists, depending on which day you ask us. The Wire. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know who else is great on that show who's gay is, um, what's your name, Keisha? Kima. Kima. Yeah, Kima. um, Yeah, Kima. Yeah. Yeah, she's great on that. Sonia Song. I will say this, you don't want to mess with Kima either. <laughs> no. No, Kima's cool. I love Kima. You don't right. want to mess with Kima. She'll... <laughs> like, I mean, I think I've said this before. She's not my favorite character on The Wire. Yeah. But that show is so well written and acted that if the character of Kima was the main character on any other show, she'd be my favorite character from that well, show. Well, and I think Freeman is... Uh, Lester Freeman is really interesting, too. And yeah. if I ever wanted uh, um, some dollhouses... I can go to him. <laughs> Do you agree with me that he's the best character on The Wire? Lester Freeman? Yeah. I like him a lot, yeah. I mean, from from what I saw, he seems like he you could chill out with him and talk. Yeah. But when he, he gets down to business, he gets he gets down to business. Yeah. When he's not making um little dollhouses for little girls. Which I think is kinda cool actually. It is kinda cool. Because it makes him um it makes him more human. Mm-hmm. He's not just married to being a um, a detective, but he also does does other things too. Yeah, and he's good police, as both Bunk and McNulty would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lester's the man. Yeah. I want to be like Lester when I grow up. I was just thinking about Dominic West um, yeah. the other day, and I was thinking about his um, small role as Fred Casely in Chicago. He's good in that. And then, um, and then with McNulty, like McNulty is more corrupt. Um, as far as um, when it comes to parenting mm-hmm. and, you know, him seeing the DA, um, um, uh, what's her name? Rhonda? Yes. Uh, not good, but, you know, I, he, he takes his job seriously. It's kind of complicated. But, yeah. And then you got 
Fred Casely who sells furniture and yet he's um, seeing Roxy Carmichael on the side. It's kind of interesting. Roxy Carmichael? From Chicago. Oh, that's her name. That's yeah, because Renee a- Zellweger played Roxy Carmichael, who um who killed uh Fred Casey. Yeah, and then there's also that movie Welcome Home, uh Roxy. Oh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, not Roxy Carmichael. Who I'm talking about. I'm sorry, Roxy Hart, Hart. is Renee Zellweger's character gotcha. in Chicago. Yeah, Roxy Carmichael was um Winona Ryder. But that's great. That's okay. Um, well, that's the character that Winona Ryder thinks is her mom. Yes, but. What's really interesting, too, is Chicago came out the same year that the first season of The Wire came out. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. 2003. uh, 2002. 2002, I mean. Yeah. I saw it in 2000. uh, I saw it in 2003. And that's when I started watching The Wire was 2003. Wow. Yes. Wow. It just seems like it was yesterday. I know. But it was 20 years ago. I know. It makes me feel old, So funny. It's so funny. And it's like our technology wasn't as advanced as it is now. Right. And in some ways that's good and in other ways that's it's not bad. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, you weren't using, um, we weren't, you know, we, that was like in the age of cordless phones and, yeah. and, um, wired phones. And it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff there, little J-Wall. Interesting stuff. I wonder how they would be able, well, now they can track uh cell phones instead of using a wire tapping system yeah you know what i was thinking about the other day babes yeah so you know with that shooter in maine the dude who killed himself right yep. i'm curious why did it take the police so long to find him in the sense that now you don't just need cell phones now you can track people by their cars and gps and all that stuff i i don't know mm. Um, I thought it was kind of an interesting tactic to do like a shelter in place and um, have curfews. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that either. I I mean, just because we were sheltered in place and right. that didn't feel very good, you no. know, and I'm, I'm just... But this was also meant to be a temporary thing too. I mean, not COVID, COVID but uh, with the dude in Maine, it wasn't like they were going to shelter in place for three years. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. I know. <laughs> Or, or on my birthday. That would be funny. They, they don't catch the guy in 20 years <laughs> later. They're like, are we ever going to get rid of these shelter-in-place orders? <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so I don't know if I would handle it that way, right. but I'd, I, would, I would tell these people don't go to this area yeah. and um, do what you were doing. Just don't go to this area. I would maybe recommend highly that you stay home. Yeah. But I want to make it a mandatory thing. I would I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. And and luckily this guy was was found um dead because of his own hands. Yeah, I think this is a small town in Maine. Yeah. I don't know Maine really at all, so I could be wrong I, with that. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it is interesting to me that they couldn't just like track a GPS on his car or he didn't have a cell phone or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. It is. Yeah. Yeah, but we like The Wire. I like it more. I love it. Alana likes it. It, it. You know, was that something I'd like, you know, I'm not a big fan of it, but I gave it a try. Oh. Just like I gave The Boys a try. The Boys is, if you had to pick, oh. which show did you think was better, The Wire or The Boys? I don't know. It, that's a good question. I I thought The Boys was just super violent. Um, the... I don't know. 
maybe The Wire. I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not really a big fan of any of those shows, honestly. But the characters were so well written on each of them. That's true. And you love the idea of Bot Plus. <laughs> I do. Yep. <laughs> well, I like the idea that they're they're kind of poking fun at the culture like um what was it like BLM turkey legs or something? Yeah. I think it was uh <laughs> or or was it um oh god, I forgot. It was BLTs for BLM <laughs> and LGB turkey legs. <laughs> but then you also had stuff like them making fun of the extreme right. So with Starlight, or not with Starlight, but with um Homegirl who was part of the third Maeve? Reich. No, not Maeve, but the third uh, the um Homelander's girlfriend. Oh no, Stormfront was anti-Semitic, Bubs. Yeah, so she's making fun of the extreme right. Th- that's not how they are, Bubs. The extreme right is. No, it's not. What about Unite the Right? Well, Unite the Right, I wouldn't even call it a right-wing organization. I would call it a very fringe, um, racist organization. But you could say that it's... Well, base was... Oh. <laughs> you could say that it's fringe on the right. No, it's not. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with the right, Bubs. Nothing. It's just... They just say that they are to make it sound like the right is all extreme and and we're really not we're really not we're really not it just i'm i'm talking it's like i'm talking about my people or something <laughs> no they're real no but that's that that is not representative of what uh conservative america is about that's that's a that's like saying that the Westboro Baptist Church is a part of conservative America, and that's so, just not right. Let's not go with what Rick says. Let's go with what a conservative says. Lauren Boebert, accuse your girl, Marjorie Taylor Greene, of believing in Jewish space lasers. This isn't Rick. This is Lauren Boebert saying this. Yeah, but 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 speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, she, um, she was speaking out against what Hamas was doing. Um, as far as what was going on in Israel. So I, I I don't, I've never heard that thing about Jewish space lasers, as you claim that she said. I could give you the evidence, but you've made it clear that you don't want it from me. I can look it up, Bub. I'm, I'm not saying I don't want it. I just said I can I can look it up myself, too. Okay. Bub. It is my, so it, here's the thing. It is a, my belief that there is a lot of anti-Semitism on the right. And it's my belief that... Marjorie Taylor Greene is the answer. I will say this. Go ahead. There are certain Christians that I don't know why, but they got into this thing called replacement theology. Yes. Where they believe that God is done with Israel and the Christian church is um is really God's people, which is actually not true. It's it's very um it's very anti-Semitic. And there are conservative Christians that are speaking out against them. Yeah, but there are are also conservative Christians who are involved in it. But anyways, that's why I was trying to say um, it makes fun of both sides. It makes fun of the extreme left wing with, you know, signs like that. And also makes fun of the extreme right wing with your girl Stormfront. I wouldn't even call Stormfront a right wing person. I mean, she definitely, I, I just find it very interesting that she herself is Jewish and um, she ended up being very uh, racist. Well, the actress who plays her is Jewish. I know that. And by the way, she said that she found the character disgusting, but well written. Yeah. yeah. And the character herself is a Nazi. And she and she dies in the. What did she? Ta- what did, did she say anything about the scene where she dies? 
She said, uh, I don't remember her. I think what had happened was, babes, the interview took place when the second season was still airing. So she couldn't talk about the death scene. Oh. The one that I saw her. Okay. Yeah. But I like this show because it makes fun of both sides. Oh. But it's not, you know, like a both sides is some type of thing. And it did have a good Christian on it. Mm, sort, of like. sort of. Sort of. Sort of. She was troubled too. But aren't, aren't all of God's people, don't we all go through these things where we're not perfect? Yeah, we do. But she really wasn't. Well, but she tried. She tried. I will I will give her that. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. So here's a question that I was thinking about in the shower this morning. <laughs> but it's not the first time. I've well, taken a shower. We, we or really should talk about, about other stuff after we this. We really should, babe. We <laughs> derailing us. Bubs, okay. derailing. I li- still love you. <laughs> So we have this idea in Christianity about Judgment Day. And we're all going to be judged for our actions. And I'm actually looking forward to it because I am the good boy. Oh, my goodness. But for most people, everybody else. So God judges us. But at the same point, if God wanted us to be perfect, he could have just made us perfect. Right? So I'm a little bit conflicted. Like, why does God judge us if he could have easily just made us perfect and then we wouldn't have to be judged? Well, because if we were perfect, we wouldn't have to die. If you think about it, the reason why we live this life and we have to die is because of the sin that was inherited, um, that we inherited after Adam. So because we were born into original sin, that's the reason why we get old. That's the reason why we have pains. Um, that's the reason why we go through a lot of struggles because um, it's, be- it's a lot of it is because of sin. It's a big part of our uh, lives. And if there wasn't any sin in the world, um, we could be perfect and be immortal people, but we're not. But does God take this into account? Does he take into account the fact that, well, I could have made uh, Alana perfect, but I decided not to. So, yeah, I'm going to judge her, but I should also keep into account that she was never meant to be perfect. We aren't, we weren't wired to be perfect. But does he take that into account? Do you I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, that's just not the way that he thinks. Mm. I think that we have ideas about the way God thinks, but I don't think he thinks that way. Oh. We like to make it sound like, oh, he thinks about, well, I could, I could stop this, but, or I could make these people perfect, but, um, his, uh, thinking is a lot different than ours. Oh. And it's a much higher than ours. So we can't really, I mean, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. I, and, 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 and you can't wrap your head around it, but he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, maybe I could, but. <laughs> I'd be like the only person. Oh my goodness! No, no, even <laughs> even the good boy probably can't do that. You're not a good boy. I am. No. Here's another God question, and we'll make this oh. quick. Partially because I'm struggling to remember the question. Oh. Okay. What was it again? Okay, so you, when you die, you have a lot of thoughts about God, and obviously, you you think you're right about the whole Jesus thing, but. Will you be shocked if you have any misconceptions about God? So maybe you're right that, uh, okay, you have to believe in Jesus to go to heaven, but maybe you're wrong about a couple of other things in the Bible. Or or do you in some way expect to be wrong about a few minor things that you believe about God? Well, I honestly think that whatever I didn't understand, I'm going to understand when I get up there, but I don't, I don't know. Okay. 
I mean, I hope that I'm not wrong about a lot of, uh, you know, about a lot of things in the Bible, but there are so many things in the Bible that as, as human beings, we can't, we're not going to understand until we find out later. What's that thing Reverend, Reverend uh, Lovejoy always says, according to this thing, we're not even supposed to use the bathroom. Like, what? Yes. I don't remember that one. That's right. Oh, okay. That's the one where Homer stops going to church and Marge calls on. I thought we talked about this before. Marge wants Reverend Lovejoy to talk to him. And Reverend Lovejoy has a Bible and he's like, Marge, according to this thing, we're not even supposed to use the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sarcastic uh, Reverend Lovejoy. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So that's there was one episode where Reverend Lovejoy and his wife were trying to find a mattress. I don't think I saw that one. I think it's what it was. It had to do with a mattress. It's possible it's one of the uh, episodes in the later seasons. It might have been. And I just didn't see it. I thought it was a weird one. Yeah. But I I only saw it once. Mm. So I don't know. That might be fun. Uh Uh-oh. To watch. I don't know. I have so many conflicting feelings about The Simpsons as most people do, right? Yes. I... Some people say that the show lost its way after the fifth season. Mm-hmm. I'm not that extreme. I think it was good for the first 10 years of the show. I like that one guy that was doing like a commentary of it. Yeah. Like, okay, this was really brilliant. This comedic scene was brilliant, but then it kind of goes a little bit downhill. Mm-hmm. I forgot what his name was. You're he talking about the, the guy who did the rise of, and fall of the Simpsons on uh-huh. YouTube? Yeah, the one yeah. that you sent me. Yeah, yeah I watched really it. Good. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. It is. Yeah. I, I think the first 10 seasons are really good. With, uh-huh. and with Obviously, there are bad episodes within every season. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's a great show. And I don't think that every episode since then has been bad. Yeah. I still think it's good. But it's definitely not the classic show well, from our childhood. And their and their characters never grow up. So yeah. you never see them growing up and exactly. you never see them developing and Bart's always immature and Lisa's always an environmentalist. And and you see more that she's not really doing like her saxophone like she did yeah. before. Which I like that better actually. Um I like that she liked playing the blues and Homer was annoyed with it. You yeah. Know, and it's like at some point maybe you could say it's had its day. Mm-hmm. We got to move on. Yeah. Let's retire these characters. And Maggie never grows up. And right. she's always sucking on her pacifier. I'm like, when is this baby going to grow up? And, right. You know, you would think that when you're watching a show for so many years, the characters will grow up and develop, but they don't seem to do it. You know what I just thought would be something funny for a sitcom? What? You know how they do the premature aging? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, which I don't really care. I mean, I don't mind that they do that. Yeah, but I do. It doesn't but really bother me. Let's say you had like a live action sitcom where it's like a family and they have a baby, but the baby never grows up. So maybe like every season you put in a new baby, but it's the same character. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, That would be weird. I don't know. That would Everybody be really Everybody else weird. grows up, <laughs> but they just never acknowledge that this kid isn't growing up. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is our baby. This is our baby. (laughs) And they never mention the fact that this kid isn't getting any older. Everybody else is, though. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody is like five, six, seven years old and older, and the baby is still a baby. Yeah, and by the end of the series, they're going off to college, and they're like, you know, we got our college kids, and we have our baby here. (laughs) 
do they just call it baby or do they call it a regular name? Uh, they'll baby have a like a name. regular name. Okay. You know. Like baby Lily or something. Or or baby Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be funny if Maggie was still a baby and everybody was growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there a um wasn't there like a um a Simpsons episode where everybody grew up and, and you see Maggie, but she doesn't talk. Yeah, that's the one I believe where Lisa goes to a psychic at like the fair. Oh. And it's supposed to be based in 2010 <laughs> because this came out in 1995. Uh-huh. And Lisa is supposed to get married, but the husband has issues with Homer, if I'm remembering it. Oh, right. so this is like, like a fast forward in time yes. thing. Okay. Yes. And Maggie's there and she's an adult, but every time she's about to get, she's about to say something, she gets interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny, actually. Yes. Yes. But she looks like a normal adult. Yeah. But she just doesn't talk. A normal adult for the Simpsons world. And what did Bart uh, do? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Wasn't there an episode where Bart gets a girlfriend and her, her name was like Jenna or something? I don't know, but there was an episode where he starts dating Reverend uh, Lovejoy's daughter, Jessica, uh-huh. who is voiced by Meryl Streep. Oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. And it turns out that she's a total hoe. Oh, oh. Yeah. I don't remember that one. That's a good episode. I, I like the one with um, Sarah Gilbert, though. She's Laura. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I, I'm looking for Amanda, Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> I have Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. That was good. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that David Hyde Pierce played Sideshow Bob's brother. Oh, really? On The Simpsons. Oh, really? What did he do? I didn't see that one. He was this criminal mastermind. But he was better than Bob. And this was when Bob was actually trying to reform his life. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Kelsey Grammer's so good on that show. He is. I may not agree with his spiritual or his political beliefs. And I may hate the fact that he just rebooted Fraser, mm. but he's a great actor. Yeah, I don't know how I think about Kelsey Grammer because he he literally like left his wife Camille. Yeah, and um, married. I think he left his his wife Camille and their their child, and married um, Kate Walsh. I right? think they had a couple of kids. Uh, Mason, oh yeah, that's right, Mason and Olivia. Yeah, they had a couple. I think they adopted some kids. Mm. I don't remember, but anyway, he left. Uh, Camille and their kids and um, married Kate Walsh and she was um, younger than her. Wow. And it was just like very, very sudden. And you just never know about what happened. Um, you can you, you hear Camille's side, but you don't hear um, Kelsey Grammer's side. So you don't really know the, to the full extent what was on both sides. Um, so I don't know what I think about that, but he's a great actor. He's also a good singer. I get the sense, having never met the man, that he's probably very troubled, but also one of these people who wants to be loved. Like, mm-hmm. I bet if you met him and just had a conversation, you would get that sense that he he needs love as a person. Uh-huh. I don't know him again, so I could be completely wrong with that, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know either, babes. I don't know either, bub. Yes. Let's talk about Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> Cause I'm just a teenage, teenage dirtbag dirt baby. It's a very, it was, it was a very um 
catchy tune that I heard on occasion on MTV. I'm going through a breakup, turn on the radio one day, and hear the song, and I think, okay, this is kind of fun. It's mm-hmm. not the best song ever. Yeah. But I dig it. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what else I thought? What's that? The One of the ladies that we saw um, last summer, I think it was last summer, she did a version of Teenage Dirtbag. Yeah, who was that? Um... Oh, 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 oh uh, Larissa Birdseye. Oh, that's right, at the Blue Sust. Yeah. Yes, that was cool. That was. I actually liked her version. It was kind of fun. Her boyfriend's a dick. He carries a gun. Anyways. My goodness. <laughs> her name was Noel. Anyways. So, mm-hmm. I was watching Vice earlier this week, and they did a documentary on the making of Teenage Dirtbag. They interviewed the lead singer from that band who did it. Yeah, Weedus. Weedus. Yeah. And apparently he wrote the song or most of it back in the 1980s. There was a guy, he lived in a small town. There was a, a teenager who lived on his block who killed a couple of people. And he said that this dude was the definition of a teenage dirtbag. Wow. So it's kind of interesting that that song was partially inspired by a murder spree yeah and i remember the um you know hearing that song in my late teens and i thought oh i wonder if it's about this lonely teenage boy that wants to take this girl to see this person in concert because that's what he likes and she's he's hoping that she likes it too yeah but it just sounds like you know it it was partially talking about a a guy who killed two people that's kind of interesting right yes it is yes I guess that would make you a teenage dirtbag. I guess. Yes. Was So I'm guessing the guy who killed the two people was a teenager. Yes, he was like 17 at the time. Wow. He went to jail. I don't know if he's still there or still alive, but he got locked in. Yeah. Yes. But was he, but he, it wasn't about a crush on a girl named Noelle. No, he said that part of it just kind of came to him. Okay. Yeah. Her name is Noel. She lives down in hell. That's not what it says. (laughs) I'm doing my own remake. (laughs) What? I love you. Oh, I love you. (laughs) I love you and your quirkiness. Thank you there, little Jay. Well, give me a quick kiss. Okay. My quirky boy. Quirky boy. We got to talk about Dindin. It was really, really good. Talk about it. What we do. We made chicken marbella, <laughs> courtesy of Chef John from foodwishes.com. Every time I, I, I watch a video, I just laugh because his voice is so yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some genius named it prunes, but it's really dried prunes. I, I told you this privately, <laughs> uh-huh. that for the longest time, I did not want to like Chef John. Yeah. Because, and you're not, I know you don't dig this. I'll just say it for you then. Go ahead. You thought he was a conservative Christian and you thought he was square. Yes. That's exactly what you're going to say. And then I saw him talk on a live stream and he said some stuff that made me think he's probably not a conservative Christian. So I, I felt like I could like him. Oh, probably one of those hippies. <laughs> That's what I, maybe that's what it is. But he talks so funny. So funny. He almost sounds like the cooking version of Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I can never notice. Or maybe no, no, wait. Maybe Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips has a weird voice too. A cross between Jerry Seinfeld 
excuse me, Julia Child and Emo Phillips. Exactly. Like the three of them raised a kid and only played the kid songs by Weedus. We get Chef John from <laughs> foodwishes.com. I can imagine Chef John saying, I remember what my grandfather said to me before he died. A truck? <laughs> That's what Evo Phillips said. Right. <laughs> it was a great joke. A truck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he was married to the late Judy Tenuta. Yes. Yeah. That's very sad. Why do they always say when somebody dies, the late? I don't get it either. Yeah. It's like, what are they late for? Right. So does, does that mean that if we're living, we're early? I know. But you think <laughs> it would actually be the opposite because if they're dead, they're going to go on to whatever happens after this. Yeah. So I mean, you think that we would be the late ones because we're still here and we're not getting to that thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't under, I don't know what that means. Oh, speaking of which. Yeah. After you went to bed last night, mm -hmm. I watched part of an episode of Tom Snyder's Late Late Show. Oh, Late where, Late Show. Yeah, mm -hmm. that he did in the 90s. Yeah. And he had on, I didn't watch the whole thing, but he had on Suzanne Summers and Robbie Robertson from the band. Oh, wow. And Suzanne Summers passed away recently. She Yeah, she died like uh, a couple a, weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Tom Snyder died in 2007. And Robbie Robertson, I I think he also died earlier this year. But she was promoting a book that she had written about when her and her husband got married and having like a mixed family. Mm. Because he had kids and she had a son. So it was kind of interesting to, you know, hear her talk about that. And then also, apparently she used to work in Vegas after doing... Mm three's company and before step by step mm -hmm. and she worked with some elephant and she talked about how cool elephant. the elephant was wow. yeah really yeah she said that the elephant was really fun to work with and all that stuff she's a, um so that's when she got married to her husband alan she got married to her husband alan when she was making three's company if i remember right okay and then she but then she was married to somebody before before him or right. she was with somebody before. She him. was with somebody. I think she was married before him. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She had two husbands. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she stayed with Alan until her death. Ah. Uh, I saw a um a TV movie based on her life and I think she was in um I think she was an alcoholic. Oh wow. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Go on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean she probably had a complicated life. She seems like a night, an interesting person in interviews. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you could get along with her. Yeah, and she could give me ex exercise tips. Yeah. She had a cookbook. And despite my issues with Tom Snyder, I do think that he's a really good interviewer. Huh. Yeah. You just thought he was creepy. So. I think he's a creepy dude. Yeah. But I think he's a fun interviewer to watch. But he wasn't like, you know, side for like pornography or anything as far as I know, nothing like that ever came out about Tom Snyder. I just get the sense that he was creepy. Okay. Yeah. But you've never seen this stuff. No. Okay. Uh -huh. We're going to change that, but not today. Okay. Yes. Is he like a good interviewer like um, like Dick Cabot was? Cabot? Cabot. Yeah. I actually kind of like Tom Snyder a little bit more than Dick Cabot. Why is that? I don't know. Just something about him. I think I think he's slightly better, and it's hard for me to explain why. It's just a feeling I get from watching the two of them. I mean, I remember when when Janice um, Ian was interviewed by Dick Cavett, and she told the story about um, 
her song that she wrote, Society's Child. Yeah. And that the, um, you know, the, the audience was heckling her because she was for um, integration. And she just ran into her dressing room and cried. And, and her, her manager, I think, said, you, you get out there and you perform that song. Wow. Yeah. She did. Nice. She, was, she wrote it when she was 15. That's courageous. It is. Yeah. I like the interviews that Dick Cavett did with Catherine Hepburn. I told you that before, but we haven't watched them. Yeah. The one that he did with um, Carly Simon and James Taylor I thought was interesting, too. Nice. But that's when they were still married and getting along. That's good. I think you'd like some Tom Snyder, though. Interesting. Yeah. He interviewed Little Richard a couple of times. Those are up on YouTube. Yeah. And Little Richard was a really complicated guy. Yeah. No kidding. Very. Mm -hmm. He's very flamboyant, very complicated, kind of interesting. Yeah. The last song he ever performed was Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> No, you know what I was listening to earlier this week? <laughs> what? It was um, the Brother Ali podcast. Mm -hmm. And I forget who he was talking to, but it was somebody, and they were talking about hip hop. And, you know, we know about early crews like, um, I don't know, the Sugar Hill Gang. And I know that they weren't really, they were just mm -hmm. like a studio group, but they're the mm -hmm. first example that came to my mind. Mm -hmm. He said, but... There are all these other crews that were around in like the early 70s that nobody ever talks about. And he said something like, Little Richard is considered the godfather of rock and roll. But how much of that is because Little Richard just kept saying it in interviews over the years? Right. So he was he was a really good self-promoter. It's mm -hmm. not that Little Richard wasn't an innovator, but on top of that, he also knew how to promote his own image. Ah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 But we made chicken, Marbella. Yeah, let's get into that. No, it was super good. Um, the chicken was nice and tender. I wasn't sure what to think about with the prunes in there, but they actually gave it a really good sweetness. Mm -hmm. And I would, I didn't know that the brown sugar would give it a flavor, but it really did. It was really good. You may not believe me, but that's okay. When you have this, it will be good. <laughs> And, and before that, for um, for breakfast that morning, we had some uh, um, uh, apple turnovers that I bought. Yes. And those turned out really flaky. Those are good. And not to mention, yesterday was our last ballet class. That was fun. It was fun. Yes. It was interesting that um, eight weeks went by so fast. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to get all the uh, recordings. That's going to be it's good. It's too bad about the one, though. Class six. Yeah, it's too yes. bad about that one that can't be released. Yes. That's too bad. Yes. But it was a good day. We watched some mail. We did watch some mail. What what was a mail episode? Well, I think we only watched two. We did. And they were both kind of about Ted. Yeah, they were. The first one, Ted had a heart attack, but it was mild. Uh -huh. And it made him appreciate life more. Sunsets and... Being around people that he loved and cared about, even though it was annoying to them. Yeah. And he's starting to get on the nerves of everybody else in the WJM newsroom because he's so happy. Yeah. So Lou decides that he has to talk to Ted about this, but he yeah. doesn't know what he's going to say. Yeah. And he kind of realizes that Ted is right. You should enjoy these moments. Uh-huh. And he convinces Mary and Murray about this. And then Ted comes into the office and he's like, oh, I'm over the sunset. Yeah, I'm over. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. So 
this could have easily been just another dumb sitcom episode. Yeah. But for me, it worked more, and I'll tell you why. I think if this came out 10 years later, what would have happened is Ted would have had something bad happen to him, and that would have got him out of his, you know, euphoria, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And then the characters would have realized, okay, we're running a newsroom. Let's focus on this broadcast. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But instead what happened is Ted's, he just realizes that life goes on. And for a while, he didn't think that was going to happen. And... At first, you think it's going to end that way. And then Mary's like, okay, well, this feeling is going to go away, but we have it now, so let's enjoy it today. Uh-huh. And they go and watch the sunset, and the TV broadcast is starting with Ted. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, Ted's going to say something stupid yeah. that's going to make them run out. Yep. And instead, Lou turns off the TV, and the episode ends with them looking at the sunset. That's a great way to end the episode. Yes. And that's why I think it was great, because... Yes, the characters return to normal, but it's not like how other shows would do it. And and was who who said something? I think it might have been um, Murray that said, "Well, it's you know we don't want to wait to um, you know for another heart attack to happen to appreciate this." Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it raises a question: mm-hmm. In this form of existence, we experience euphoria. But it doesn't last for ever. I've experienced it. But I want to know, has there been a time in your life where you've been so over the moon about something that it's been almost like a religious experience for you? Uh, I don't know. I would have to think about that, honestly. Mm. It's not like looking at a sunset because I can't see sunsets. Yeah. It could come in the form of listening to a beautiful piece of music. And then I listen to something else, I guess. Yeah. Like when I listen to a beautiful piece of music, I could just be taken away by the music and be there for a while and then come back. I don't know if that makes any sense. I hear you. Um, there's just something about listening to a piece of music or a, a, a song that I really love. I could listen to it for, you know, once, twice, three times. After that, it's like, okay, it's done now. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I've had a few different times where I've been very euphoric, but the one that stands out to me is experiencing the solar eclipse in 2017. I don't think I got even a little bit upset for like the next two months after that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like really deep for me. Um, So that's part of the reason why I think maybe this episode resonated with me so much is because I know what it's like to have that euphoric feeling. And I also know what it's like to lose it. Now, in fairness to me, I, I, once the eclipse happened and I started feeling euphoric, I also knew that wasn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wasn't of the illusion that it's going to be this way until the end of time, but I tried to pack in as much reading and meditation as I could during that point. So, it was really cool. I dug this episode a lot, and I think you did too. Yeah, and it's also it also makes you think of um, stopping and smelling the roses. Yeah, and really thinking about what's really important instead of uh, being in a newsroom mm-hmm. or working on you know putting your nose to the grindstone stone and working on stuff. Even though although it's important, but just stopping to I don't know like 
take a sip of cocoa. Yeah. Or listening to your favorite song or watching your favorite show or whatever it is. Um, sometimes you have to stop and think about that to appreciate um, the life that you, that was given for uh, to you. Yes. Because you don't know when your life is going to end. Exactly. You really don't know when your life is going to end. It could end tomorrow. Look at Matthew Perry. He probably, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's going to come out that it was a suicide, but we don't know that at this point. He probably woke up yesterday morning, I'm assuming, and thought, okay, it's just going to be another day, and then tomorrow's going to be the next day, right? He might have had, mm -hmm. like, big plans for today mm -hmm. or this week, and then that never happens. Right, and you think that, you know, and some there are some days where you think that you're invincible and nothing could hit you, but it can. Absolutely. Nothing can touch you, but it can. Right. You just don't, you just don't realize. You could talk to somebody one day, and the next day you find out that they've gotten run over by a car. Yeah. And they're gone. Exactly. You just don't know. You just don't know. Did we talk about the thing with my mom here? I mean, I know we talked about her dying, but Many the other times. thing. What other thing? So my dad had a friend. This is going back to the 1980s. <clears throat> and one day his friend is riding his bike. I think mm -hmm. it's late at night. He mm -hmm. gets hit by a car and killed. Oh. Okay. So we're talking maybe a decade later. So now we're in the late 90s, maybe even more than that, maybe early 2000s. And I'm talking with my mom, and she said, do you remember so-and-so? Like, vaguely. She said that he got, if I'm remembering the story right, this guy got into a fight with his girlfriend that mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. and wanted to stay over with, you know, the family, meaning my mom and dad, and I guess yeah. I was there too, yeah. and wanted to sleep over that night. My dad said yes, and my mom made him kick the guy out. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves their house and gets killed. Like that? That that night. Wow. So had my mom not said no, he would have lived. And a lot of people have that kind of guilt. But you just don't know. I mean, I personally think that, I mean, she probably had a lot of guilt about that. That's possible. And and people have guilt about that too. Like, well, had I said yes, then this person wouldn't have been struck by that car. Yeah. Was it was the guy a drunk driver who was? I, I mean, don't know the details. Okay, you you think about those kinds of things. Like, what if I had just let him stay over? Mm -hmm. He would have been fine. But you just don't know. You don't. You just can't. You just can't like beat yourself up over it because you just don't know. Right. Well, I mean, had he stayed over, he would have lived at least till the next morning. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what you went through with that. I don't know either. Yeah. And I guess I never will. You never will. Unless, you know, when I die, I get to see what it was like from her perspective and, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, I don't know. So, before Alana, I was with a girl and we adopted uh, my son, David. What? And this was when I was still a newscaster. Oh. And... David had some issues in school, babes. Bubs. What? First off, you didn't adopt any children. Oh. With anybody. Okay. The David we're talking about is the son that George, the boy that Georgette and Ted adopted. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Ah. You want to tell the story? Okay. So Ted and Georgette are wondering why David is performing poorly in school, and they take him to the psychologist. 
and they did a bunch of tests. And, you know, Ted, Ted's a guy that's like, I don't need anyone telling me how my son should be and that my son is this, um, you know, that he's being neglected and everything. And, yeah. and the doctor's like, well, wait a minute, Mr. Baxter. We gave your son, I gave your son a bunch of tests and apparently he's on the genius side. He has a an IQ of 160. <laughs> and so, and he seems like a very, very bright little boy. Yes. And he says, well... So it sounds like, you know, any, you know, people who have the same IQs that are close to each other seem to be, seem to get along very well. What is your IQ, dad? He's like, uh. He pulls him aside. Yeah. Away from everybody else. And he says it's 190. And <laughs> David says, but I'm only had an IQ of 185. And he says, we've learned more since then. Yeah. Mary's IQ was 118. Murray's was about 125. Yeah. You know. It was pretty funny. I don't know. So. Well, the episode isn't over yet. The episode isn't over yet. Then Ted starts spoiling David and Georgette is getting concerned because, you know, David's growing into a little bit of a tyrant. They want yeah. Mary to step in. But she's like, I didn't adopt this kid. You guys did. Yeah. He, it's your. And then he's like, you, you handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they say, well, you know, it's getting time for David to uh, be with a woman, Mary. And what? She, she says no. No. No, no, they did not say that. No, no. Um, It, it was, you know, Ted said he was going to take over, take care of it, and takes David into the room. So, so, sorry to interrupt you. What? What happens is, so Georgette tells this to Mary, and then the next day, there is an argument between David and Georgette because Georgette wants to take the kids to her mother's house and David wants to go to this museum. He yeah. basically tells Georgette that he hates her and she runs off crying. And she's very upset. Yeah. yeah. And Ted's like, oh, no, it's time for Ted Baxter to give you a spanking. <laughs> you can't say it like that. Okay. He said, you know, and he gives him this interesting speech. It's like, you know, um, that is not acceptable. You made your mother cry and, and, and that, that isn't good. And I need, you know, you cannot do this to your mother. And so <laughs> he's getting ready to, he's getting ready to, to, um, to spank him. Yeah. And, and he's crying while he's doing this. He's yeah. like, Bubs, <laughs> Ted's crying. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Go ahead. Bubs. Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. You creepy boy. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> what? Keep going. And so he's like, you know, he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. And he's just crying because he's such a softie. Right. And he's like, please don't ever let me do this again. And he's like, and he's like, that's okay, dad. And he's like, well, you're okay with it? And he's like, yeah, you, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And, and, and then there was a, the audience clapped and that was the end of the episode. But I thought it was interesting because... Um, if the, if that episode was there, if there was an episode like that today, it would be a totally different ending. So there's a couple of different things to explore here. One, also David says to him, and I love having you as my dad or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Let's explore spanking in television. Okay. Because it's not only if it aired today, right? But even in the 1950s, where spanking was a lot more socially acceptable than it is now, you didn't really see it on TV. No, you didn't. So I'm actually kind of surprised that they did it in the 70s. And I know that a lot more parents spanked their kids back then, but it wasn't done on TV, really. 
No, it wasn't. And I think the only way they could get away with it and show it is by having Ted cry while he's doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm not for spanking. Alana is. And I don't, but I'm also not one of those people who thinks that if somebody spanks their kid once, it makes them like a child abuser who can never be forgiven. Yeah, it's, forgiven. it's all there in is, how, There is some gray area. It, it's all in how a parent does it. And if they're spanking the child in anger, they shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. If they're spanking a child because it's for disciplinary things, like you have to learn how to behave and respect, you know, your elders that's one thing if they're if they're actually trying to teach them something and they're not you know leaving them bloody and severely bruised right there's a difference there and um i was not left bloodied or bruised or in, in any way and um and i i turned out fine <laughs> I, I the the doctor fills of the world cuz i real this is the one issue that i uh, well one of 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 one of a few issues that I would not agree with Dr. Phil on. Oh, he's against spanking. Yes, he is. But he also... I did not know that. But, yeah, I told you that, right? If you did, I forgot. Okay, you're probably zoning out. Oh, my goodness. Well, he believes that any child who was spanked grows up to be a violent offender. And I, I'm just like, no, that's not true. Yeah, that's a step too far. If me. you do it correctly, and that that's what these um these people that are so against spanking don't understand is... There is a difference between beating, totally beating someone to a bloody pulp and spanking them for discipline. It's different. It's not, you're not beating them so much that you can, that they can't get up. You're, you're, um, you're taking your hand or maybe it's another object and, um, giving them a few whacks on the bottom to discipline them. So what they, what they, um, to know that what they're doing is not right. And if you're doing it out of anger, then that's not right. But if you're doing it because you're disciplining them, that's totally different. And they get over it. I don't believe. I in, got over it. I don't believe in spanking kids, but I also don't believe that it makes you a monster either. No. My big thing is I feel that if you do spank a kid, you're teaching them that sometimes violence is the answer. Yeah, but we've had talks about this many times. There are times that kids should learn how to stick up for themselves and they have to and sometimes they have to use violence to do that. Right, but here's the thing. Violence should always be the very, very, very last resort. It should never be like we can go to it flippantly. And I think sometimes when people spank kids, it teaches them that it's an answer that you can uh, easily And go by to. the way, before I did get spanked, I was warned before then. It wasn't like that they spanked me right away. Oh, they warned you? Yeah, they did. And you still continued? Bubs, don't even try it. What? Don't even. We'll try don't what? even. We'll try what, what are you trying to do, Bubs? I'm trying to kiss you. I'm trying oh. to kiss the bad girl. What? Because I'm the good boy, and the good boy wants to kiss the bad girl. Because <laughs> you were warned, and you still kept going. Well, I was, I, I didn't understand why they didn't, you know, I was a little kid, Bubs. <laughs> I will keep going, Mom. Bubs. <laughs> but, no, they did warn me. So I was, I was not, um, I was not good in that I didn't heed my parents' warnings until yeah. they got, until I was in trouble. Bubs. What? What are you doing? I want to give a good kiss to the bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> So I disagree with spanking. I think it teaches kids the wrong lessons, but I also don't no, it think doesn't. 
I think it does. No, it doesn't. You're 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 not understanding what it's supposed to teach children. I I think what you're saying isn't necessarily uh, completely wrong because you're saying what it's supposed to teach children, and I'm saying what I think it does teach children. But I don't think it teaches them. Um, I don't think it teaches them that violence is the answer for everything. Of course not. But it shows them that violence can be an answer, and. Yes, I know in real life violence can be an answer sometimes, but it's very, 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 very rare. Yeah, but in what situation would you say that it teaches kids that violence is the answer? Because it doesn't. It because really doesn't. you're teaching them if you act up, you're going to get hit. Yeah, but getting hit is different than being disciplined. When, I, when, when I'm talking about getting hit, I'm talking about hitting them in the face, punching them in the stomach. I mean, that's that's definitely... Not right. Right. I'm talking about like somebody. Spanking them on the butt. Yeah. On the butt only. Not the head. Not the face. Not the neck. And not um, throwing them against the wall. <laughs> no. But my dear, that is a form of violence. Yeah. But that's what your butt is used for, bubs. That's that's why there's padding on it. That's 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 a way to discipline a child. It's, it's of course, um... Um, it's, it's supposed to be to discipline the child so that they don't do that behavior again. And, and you would agree that some people have some weird ways of disciplining, like, like hot sauce. Yeah. I think that's really, I, I think that's not good. I don't like hot sauce. Um, some, some, there was a woman I think that was, that was, um, arrested because she gave her child like really hot sauce on the tongue for lying and she also made the child take cold showers that's really humiliating worse. right humiliating the child it's it's a di there's a difference between humiliation and abuse and discipline just pure discipline but um Look, that's a, that's that's going to be a conversation that we will be debating to the end of time i think yeah I, and again i'm not one of these people who says that spanking means that the parent is a monster who hates kids and loves abuse i don't think that that's the truth but i do think that it sends kids the wrong message and both things can be true you can be a good parent who spanks your kids and in that moment you're sending them the wrong message okay Thank you. I think you're wrong, but we're going to have a debate about that until the end of time, I'm sure. And in fairness to you, somebody who is smarter than Einstein uh, spanked his kids, and that was Ted Baxter, so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we knew less back then. We had, or we had less stuff to learn. Something like that. You were asking me my IQ the other day. Yeah. And I said it's kind of tricky to tell. Okay. It's either, it's like 106 and 135, which yeah. is a big variant in it IQs. It is a big variant. So let me kind of explain this. I've had a couple of IQ tests over the years, uh -huh. but the only one that I had access to was the one when I was in kindergarten, meaning that I got to look at it. Okay. And my verbal comprehension was 135, which is considered superior. Wow. But because my math was... uh low it was 106 but there's a couple of different variants uh -huh. in the notes that the lady who was giving the iq test was giving she said that she was unclear if she was giving the math portion correctly oh really yes and also 
they thought uh, when I was in kindergarten back in the 80s that you could give an IQ test to a kid and that would roughly be a good representation of their IQ through life. And since then, the science hasn't really bared that out. We think that IQ can fluctuate drastically in a person's life. So Interesting. I'm, I'm probably not, a lot smarter. So why did you end up taking an IQ test? I'm just curious. I don't know. I was like five when they did it. Okay. Um, I think it was because my mom had a guy killed on a bike. <laughs> Around that time, and you don't you don't remember what was going on during the test as far as like did you have to? Um... I had to answer questions. I don't really remember it though, okay. but I remember you know reading it years later, and there was like one answer that's probably not going to surprise you. The person asked, "What would I do if I had three wishes?" And I said, "I would wish for a basement, that uh, and the resources to make potions that would give me access to more wishes." That's what you said. Yeah. In in when you're in kindergarten? When I was in kindergarten. Really? Yeah. You you had you had the um the knowledge of that? Yeah, because you couldn't wish for more wishes. Yeah. But I wish for a basement with the uh resources to make potions that would technically give me more wishes. Was that a, was that like a um was that your own answer or was it like a multiple choice question? It was I believe it was my own answer that Wow. I yeah. I would not have thought of that when I was five because my brain was not even thinking about that. See? So, um, so I told you, I don't remember if I told you the story here really quick. Go ahead. I was four years old. My mom took me to a therapist. I forgot why. And she asked me something that I don't think, uh, anyone should ask a blind four-year-old as far as description, but she asked me, what does a car look like? And in my four-year-old mind, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So something that you might find interesting yeah. is... Also, back when we were younger, meaning the 80s, yeah, they didn't really know how to give IQ tests to blind kids, meaning that there's a lot of things that are visual on these tests. Yeah. That... Well, it, it, by, by the way, this was not an IQ test I was taking. Okay, but you... I don't think it was. You get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Nowadays, I don't think that they would ask you such a visual question. Because, obviously, if you're totally blind like you are, yeah. you're not going to be a visual learner. No, and it, and and it was it was. I, I wonder what happened to this woman because I think she told my mom that there was no future for me or something like that. Like, I have to ask my mom what she said, but she was really really angry at what the woman said oh. about me. Yeah, at four years old, like why would why would she think that about me when I was four years old? I didn't know what a car looked like because I couldn't see it. Oh, and. You know, it was just a weird, it was a weird question. Yeah. That's, that was just, I, I thought that was a, a kind of an inappropriate question to ask a blind four-year-old. Yeah. These days we might call her a C-U-N-T. Oh my goodness. She said, there's no future for her, so how will become a Republican? Bruh. Give me a kiss. Give me a real kiss face, a normal, no. like a good boy kiss. I should pinch your nose for that But one. you're the bad girl. Why? Because you were warned to stop and your parents... Oh, I don't know, but I think you were a holy terror. Yeah, but guess who got spanked because they wouldn't stop their activity. Ah! Give me a normal kiss, bad girl. Bad girl. (laughs) Bad girl, normal kiss. (laughs) So I'm thinking, babes, that the reason God put me in your life (laughs) was to give you an example of how to be good. I don't know if that's true. 
But it probably is. But I mean, you. I think. I think maybe the challenging aspect of it, as far as doing different things, but not about being good. Yeah, because you're the bad girl. Hey. Well, I mean, even your parents thought that. That's why they gave you warnings. And well, Bubs, that's why I told you I was one of those kids that Bubs. <laughs> what? Stop it! Okay, all, right, all right. You're making fun of me. Sorry, I didn't know I was. I didn't know I was. You bad boy. I'm good boy. Okay. No, but I hope I challenge you. Okay. What did we think of, or you think, of this episode of the Mary Tyler Moore Show? Um, I thought it could have ended differently. How would you have ended it? I mean, I don't know about the spanking thing, but I think it would have been interesting to have um, David learn a lesson before even Ted thought about spanking him. Mm. Like... You know, hey, you can't, you know, you you can't get whatever you want to just because you're a bright young little, you know, a bright young boy. Yeah. You can't just do that. I would have loved to have Ted and Georgette come up with a lesson to teach him instead of, like, taking him in the room and spanking him right away. Yeah. Or it could have ended where, like, maybe the episode is more about Ted feeling weird around his kid than this kid becoming a tyrant. Yeah, or like, how do I connect with him? Yeah. How do I connect with him and m- let him know that I'm still his um, authority? I-, I have authority over him because I'm his father. Mm-hmm. But also teaching him that you just can't be that way and expect to get what you want. Right. Yeah. That sounds good to me, babes. That's what I th- I know. Yeah. I think that he should have waited to the last minute to spank him. And I also think that he should have been at least warned. Or given, um, you know, given a lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given a lesson in um, obedience. Maybe we could have had Mary in the room applauding as the kid's being spanked. Bubs, no. <laughs> Not humiliation. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> oh, Bob. Sorry, they said it. No. Stop it. I love you. That mm. was a joke, okay? No, no, yeah, but we got a sense of humor, okay? Yes. The Mary Tyler Moore show, the last few years it was on, was also around the time that Saturday Night Live started. Mm-hmm. So I was curious to see if there was an eclipse online of them doing a parody of the show. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we did find an episode of Mad TV where they parodied it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was actually kind of funny. That was good. Because um, Rhoda was Rhodesia. Rhodesia. <laughs> And Mary kind of sounded like this. Yes. I don't know. It was funny. <clears throat> and then um, the guy who played Ted actually kind of laughed like him. Like, <laughs> yeah, except was, this dude was really overweight. Yeah. But Ted was overweight too, right? Not really. No? No. Okay. I mean, maybe slightly, but not by a lot. Was he, uh, was Lou overweight? Lou was overweight. Yes. <laughs> With the eclairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he was, I mean, the way that he was laughing like Ted was great though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We liked it. Yeah, it was great. Yes, you watch. Yes. So we had a fun time. We did. Listen to some music. What did we hear last night? We were listening to um uh it was Peaches and Herb. That's right. Yeah. And then we sat down to watch some movies. Yeah. We started off with Oh wait, Peaches and Herb was last night. We were listening to um 
What was it? I don't remember. Um, it's gonna drive me crazy. Oh, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Peaches and Herb was on, I think that was on Friday. I think. Oh. And yesterday it was, um. Oh, it was the Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I haven't listened to them in a while and I like their stuff. Thank you. Yeah. So after hearing the Pointer Sisters, watching this little bracket spanked, we, um, well, spare the rod, spoil the child, as I always say. No, you don't. Yep. I do. And all that stuff and learning that Alana was a bad girl growing up. Hey. Actually, I learned that this morning. Yes, you Let's just say, spoiler alert, I was not very surprised. But anyways, we sat down. And we watched some films. We started off with The Cane Mutiny. And unfortunately, I can't explain much of it because I was really tired. And so I think I'm going to have you do it. And J-Lo was accusing me of falling asleep. You did a little bit. Okay. Basically, these Marines, I think, are on a ship with the captain played by Humphrey Humphrey Bogart. Bogart. And he's kind of lost it. Mm-hmm. Like, he makes them explore for keys that don't really exist. And uh, there's a part in the movie where these strawberries are missing and he gets all uptight about it. Mm-hmm. He's just really out there. And they think that he's maybe spent too much time in war or what have you. Mm-hmm. And they're in a situation where there's danger. The crew decides to have mutiny. Take over the ship. Yep. They get to safety, but then they have to go on trial for what they did. Yep. Eventually, Humphrey Bogart breaks down on the stand. They're celebrating this, and somebody says, you know, you guys got away with this, but you could have stopped the situation because earlier in the film, he had asked you to help him because he realized that he was riding you too hard, and you guys just refused that offer. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you guys are going to have to live with this until your dying days. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the end of the movie. Wow. I, I wish I was uh, <laughs> alert to... Um, pay, I will have to probably might... I don't know. I, I, I'd be willing to watch it again, but, you know. That's a possibility one day. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know what to say about that. What do you think? I don't know. At the beginning of the film, they read this thing where it was basically something like this has never happened in the U.S. Navy before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's happened since then or not. Yeah, so they weren't, they weren't Marines then. They were, on, they were um, uh, part of the Navy. The Navy. I, I get everything mixed up. Yeah, the Marines. I mean, the Navy has to do mostly with the ocean. Gotcha. Yeah. I knew that, but I thought that the Marines were also ocean-bound. I don't know what I was thinking. No, 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 no. But what I found interesting is I was Googling the author of the book. Uh He was born in 1915 and lived until like May of 2019. What? Yeah. Wow. So he was probably an early listener to Green J-Lo and Hammond Babes. Oh my goodness. 103 he died. Yeah. And he was like only like 10 days away from his 104th birthday. That's impressive. That is impressive. Wow. Yes. I thought it was an okay movie. It's not the best film I've ever seen, but I enjoyed it. Mm. 
They say that Humphrey Bogart got his third and final Oscar nomination for the film. Wow. I don't know if I would have given him an Oscar nomination for this. Yeah, I think he was better in um, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Yeah. But there's other films, too, that he did. The Sierra Madre, The Big Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Angels with Dirty Faces. Yeah. So, but we love Humphrey Bogart here. Yeah, he he should have gotten one for uh, Casablanca. Or at least a nomination. Now, I don't know. He won for The African Queen, which is not my favorite film of his. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I don't know the other movie that he got the nomination for. I, I need to do some research into that. I, I kind of enjoyed him in uh, Beat the Devil, actually. He's good in that. It's not the, his best film, but it's okay. No. Yeah. But this is good. Yeah. I would give it a mild thumbs up. Not the best movie, but it was enjoyable. Okay. And then we started watching part of another movie. Call it Murder. And realized that we'd seen it before. And I thought, wait a minute. I thought I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait, the same lady who played Stella was in the other version of Call It Murder, and it was not good. We did some research because this came out in 1932. Yeah. But in 1949, after Humphrey Bogart was a big star, they re-released it and put his name above the title. So right. it made it seem like he had a big part when he's really just barely in it. Yeah. Which I didn't dig. Yeah, but we, so we decided to look up some um, film noir movies and we decided to watch um, Desert Escape. Yes. Which I thought was um, better than the other one. Talk about it. So from, so there are these prisoners, prisoners, <clears throat> And now remind me again, all these prison these prisoners are hardened criminals. Most of them, except for the one guy who we follow through the majority of the movie, he was basically conned into being their driver when they robbed a bank. And it, yeah. And he's almost out of prison, but these the gang that he was associated with started a prison fight and now they're waiting to see what happens and they escape from jail and his name is bill gray the guy that ends up in the situation exactly and after they escape there's a shootout and a cop dies yep so bill goes on the lam bill bill goes in the desert and he's he's walking with his uh he did he find this dog or did he have this dog with him? The dog kind of came across him. And I want to say that the dog was a German shepherd. And he called him, he called him Wolf. Yes. And so he was wandering around the desert and he came upon this house and Wolf saw this little dog and the little dog belonged, belonged to uh, Linda Harkness mm-hmm. who lived in this house with her father. And they came in to get some water because they're, they're lost in the desert. Not a good place to be lost. No. Meanwhile, he's thinking, well, I gotta, I am on a mission now to get um, Joe Mallon to, to try to um, confront him because he's killing, he's, he's a murderer and he's, he's with these guys and he's, he's killing off people and what? Well, okay. So he meets a lady, goes inside her house and he's thinking, I got to get out of here. Yeah. But... Her dad, who is a doctor in this town, needs somebody to help around. Yep. So he agrees to take the gig. Mm-hmm. And he eventually falls in love with the daughter. Right. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Then then he decides, okay, I need to confront 
Joe Mallon, and the the father isn't. I think it was the father that was talking to him about it, right? No, let me maybe give some more detail. All right, he's kind of becoming not friends but friendly with the local cops there, local right? Cops, yeah, yeah, and the police chief, yeah. And one day, the police chief puts together that what's his name, Bill. Bill, yep. Who rescued this little girl from almost drowning is the same guy who's on the run. Right. And talks to him about it. And Bill says, would it be okay? What's the girl's name in this movie? Linda. Linda. Would it be okay if I went home and told Linda? And he's like, listen, I could have ran for you many times and I haven't. Yeah. And the police chief says, okay, but I want you to turn yourself in by 10 a.m. tomorrow. Uh Uh-huh. So he tells Linda, so he's like, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Next day, he's walking down the street. The gang is in town to rob a bank. He tries to stop them. Yeah. Nobody believes him. The police chief tries to uh, arrest him, but Bill and Wolf run. Bill gets shot. Yeah, that's right. Steals a car and goes into the desert. Yeah. To try to clear his name. Yeah. Um, And he does survive this um, bullet. Yeah. And um, well, let's ex- okay. Could you explain? Because I I I kind of get what. Because remember when um, um, Joe was wondering why the canteen of water was. We're we're gonna get there. Oh yeah, we're okay. Okay, so basically, okay. Joe is the guy who runs the gang that got Bill into all this trouble. Yeah. So he goes into the desert. Bill does with yep. Wolf, and he sends a note to Linda. Linda. And Linda decides that she's going to try to find Bill. She's going to use Wolf. And the dad goes with her. They drive into the desert. Wolf takes off. And they're just like, okay, I guess we got to wait for him. Let's wait for Wolf, yep. So in the meantime, Bill finds Joe. And says, we're out here in the desert, bro. You could die. Yeah. Or I could help sneak you guys into Mexico. Uh Uh-huh. Right, because if you go the regular way, you can try that, but there are cops looking for you guys. Yep, you're gonna get caught. And there's so many miles of it. Yeah, and he's like, okay, this is gonna take us two or three days, but this is, you know, basically, I'm gonna have to get us there. Yeah. So Joe is desperate. So is his gang. So they say, yes, we're gonna do this. Yep. Okay. Comes nighttime, they gotta rest. Mm-hmm. Now remember, they're in the desert, so yeah. it's. While it may be cold at night, it's very hot during the day and you yep. need water. Yep. They have two canteens. And when everybody else is asleep, Bill drinks some of the water. Yep. Everybody wakes up, see that the water is part of the water from this one canteen that's gone. gone. Yep. And Joe kills the guy who was supposed to be watching him. Yep. They keep walking and eventually you just need more water. Yep. They stop. Joe takes a big swig. Yeah. So does Bill. Yeah. And this other guy just starts drinking it. So Joe kills him right there. Yeah, because he's taking all the water. Yep. Yeah. And like another guy gets killed. Eventually gets whittled down to just Joe and Bill. Yep. And Bill t- tells him, "Hey, listen, I sold the water. I'm your only hope to get into Mexico." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say that part. Why <laughs> like that? Wolf comes with your girl and her dad, and Joe wants to rob him, rob the dad and the girl. Yeah. 
and Wolf t- uh, jumps on top of him. Yep. He gets the confession, Joe does, uh, Bill does, and he's free and he gets married. And, and Wolf is like there. With him. <laughs> That's his best man. I thought they got married in the desert. No, I think they went back to society. <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. This is an interesting movie. It is. I have some issues with it. Okay. But overall, before we get there, I'm, I am going to say that I did really enjoy it. Yeah, I did too. But he walks across a couple of different states. Yeah. And he just so happens to end up in the same old town where his friends or the people he knew are going to do a robbery. Yeah, I know. That felt a little bit too Hollywood to me. Yeah. It would have been more interesting to see what it's like for him to be arrested and to try to clear his name. Uh-huh. I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Now, I also get the impression, yeah. because I didn't recognize the name of the studio, Yeah. that this was probably, even for 1940, a pretty low-budget movie. Yeah. I liked it. I'd give it a strong seven. I would, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was good. I'm glad that we didn't see Call It Murder and realize at the end of the movie that we saw it. Yeah. Because that was a very bad... I I mean, I know this is like like the one movie that Humphrey Bogart was, Bogart was in before he was really famous. And he only had a very small part. But, yeah. Not that like, good of a film. Not that good of a film. It, it's a good reminder that even Humphrey Bogart was in a couple of bad ones. Yeah. But you know what watching this film made me think of, babes? What? It's been a while since we watched some Twilight Zone and some Alfred Hitchcock. I know we should we should watch some of that next next Friday. At least. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. And we're almost done with Maya. I know it's it's exciting, isn't it? It is. Ballet class is almost done. Male is almost ballet done. class is done. I'm sorry, ballet class is done. Male is almost done. And next Saturday we're gonna see Mark Burchard. Yes, we are. I'm excited. You've been too. wanting me to. You've been wanting to take me to see Mark Burchard for a while. Yes. Yeah. So it should be fun, babes. And I'm glad that he's coming back to Portland. Yes, me too. Yeah. J-Lo, did you have any dreams? No, I didn't, but I was just, I was gone. I was out. I was out, like, stout. Stout. Wherever that came from. I'm sure it came from a good place. I never heard that one before. Yeah, where'd you get that one? Oh, from around the way. Matthew Perry told it to me one day. Oh, my goodness. What <laughs> There is no Matthew Perry. Are we going to go down a Matthew Perry death rabbit hole next weekend? Because oh, I'm willing to. Please, no. Okay. Bubs. What? The man just died. Yeah, why not appreciate his life by analyzing his death? Look, I want to know what happened, but I don't want to know what, what... I'm not curious enough to go on a death rabbit hole. Okay. Bubs. Next question for you, and we should probably wrap this up because I think we're at two hours. Let me see. We are two fourteen. Okay. It is twelve thirty-five. Twelve thirty-five. Yes. Wow. So I'll make this quick. All right. How many more years do you think it's going to be before another main cast member on Friends passes away? I have no idea. I'm not even going to guess. Okay. (laughs) Well, but I, but I. Part of me is wondering whether he had an overdose because he was addicted. Yeah. And like, as I've said, you could write a book and talk about your addictions while still being addicted. Exactly. I wonder if that's 
the case. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will, babes. Yeah. All right, babes. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No. Maybe some more stories about being the bad girl and growing no, up? No, no. I was, I was one of those kids that did not want to be the bad girl. Oh. But your parents warned you. and they said, Yeah, but I was little, bub. Okay. I was little. I, I didn't know any better, and I didn't understand why I couldn't touch the VCR or anything oh. like that. <laughs> I didn't understand what electric, electrocution meant. <laughs> I'm going anyway. Bub! I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you a bad boy. No, I'm good, boy. I'm with a bad girl. <laughs> All right, give me a kiss, bad girl. No. You've heard of bad girl? Now I have bad girl. Oh. Very clever, Bub. Very clever. <laughs> Thank you. I was I was being sarcastic. Thank you. My goodness, <laughs> you're so weird. I'm so normal. <laughs> really? Ah, uh, yes. Whatever. All right, babes. We good? Yes, we are. All right. Well, I am. <laughs> I'm sorry, just kidding. All right, babes. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Bye, bye for now. Bye. -bye. bye, -bye.